right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Black Sword Hack tonight. Uh, we uh, we have a new member to the party. As uh, long has returned from his uh, from his journey eastward, uh, and he is back. Uh, and he's uh, subbing with Prime. Thank you very much. Contractually obligated. Give me your Prime sub. Very much appreciate that. Told to Twitch, you're not contractually obligated. You're just a good dude. Unlike Long. Uh, now, we are going to continue playing some Black Sword Hack. It's not going to be like it's it's a one shot, just like the last time we played it was a one shot. We're using some of the same characters, obviously, but, uh, but everything's a one shot. So you know, if you didn't watch the previous one, no big deal. You can go watch it later if you want. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get going with that. Um, if you missed the last stream where we talked about Black Sword Hack, and if you're unfamiliar with the game, it is a rules light OSR style game. Yeah, it's built off of Black Hack. If you know what Black Hack is, designed by Kobayashi and put out by uh, the Merry Mushmen. So if you want to, if you're in the Twitch chat right now, if you just want to do the command uh, BSH, you can, uh, you can get a link and go get a copy of it for yourself. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you're familiar with things like Michael Moorcock uh, or Fritz Lieber or Robert E. Howard, that kind of stuff, sort of that kind of fantasy in a way, dark fantasy, weird fantasy, that kind of stuff. Um, now tonight we are doing a kind of a, a riff on a scenario from uh, the Dissident Whispers anthology. I I, I can't say which one, uh, as it will give some things away. Uh, so I have I have retitled it just for stream. Uh, but if you're watching this later. Uh, on YouTube, check the check the notes. I will put a link uh, to this in the whispers, and I'll say which one of these scenarios it is. It's been slightly tweaked, but most of it's the same. So, uh, and Dissonant Whispers is the anthology came out a couple years ago by I want to say Tuesday Night Games, the same folks who publish uh, Mothership. I think that's right. Uh, okay, so pound sign spoiler. <laughs> you're such a you're such, Steven's being a troll. Uh, okay. We, um, let's not do, we're not going to do just the round table. We're just going to do, I like starting in more interesting ways. So we're going to start with, uh, yeah, we're going to start with just sort of, uh, just sort of a cinematic opening. You all have a chance, uh, for those who played in the last one, again, this is not a direct continuation. This is sometime later an indeterminate amount of time later. Uh, and that's all we're basically dealing with. So what do I want to do? Let's get a little music going. So we're going to open black screen. We hear the sound of ocean waves coming and going. We hear the not too distant sounds as well uh, of thunder as lightning crackling in the distance, etc. And we also hear this unpleasant harmony of, of like creaking wood and vulgar shouts as we hear port calls and things like that going out. And we fade in on what looks like a, a port town that some would call it Tide's End. Uh, it's a sort of half sunk in this dark coastal mud. And there are all these meager looking buildings that are teetering on shoddy stilts and swollen boardwalk planks. Everything is like a heavy storm or flood away from just being swept away into oblivion. Now to the west, that's where we see the seas extending. Uh, it's kind of held down, they are, by the horizon, this dark, terrifying storm front that just seems to be forever fixed there and in nearly every other direction east north south uh, is a lush and very thick jungle and it roils with sort of anger in some way the wind and palms voicing some sort of displeasure at the very existence of this crappy town we see a wide muddy river 
It's ripping through uh, those meager buildings here and there, connecting to the ocean. And around that river, we see crab, you know, crabbers huddling, fishermen, lean-to stalls and gold panners that are insistent that there is something of value beneath those dark waters. And this is basically where all of you uh, have landed and have been living for a few weeks or months, perhaps, unable to really afford travel on a ship that is capable of pushing through those storms out west. So as we are kind of zipping around this, uh, this town, and we're seeing the mud sloshing and we're seeing the rain begin to come down, uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce everybody. And we're going to start with Baldra. Ashley, where and where would we see Baldra at this point? What does she look like? What is she doing? Give us the details. So Baldra's odd, right? Sure. So she's kind of not interacting with anyone. And she's just kind of creepily standing behind things, near things, just watching more than anything. Um, and then her characteristics that are really noticeable about her is she has vitiligo. So um, she's lost pigment in certain parts of her skin. So specifically, like, her right eyebrow and eyelashes are, like, a very stri uh, striking white. Um, and it's in her hair as well. And um, she's got really high-waisted pants this time for some reason that she's wearing strapped tightly with a belt and then just like a kind of a trench coat sort of thing situation. And Baldra will just, she's just watching, always watching. And yeah, just being weird. Okay. Creepy, off-putting. You're seeing, you know, that there, there, a rain is coming down, but that is not uncommon. It rains here all the time, it's, but it's not a refreshing rain. It's very humid here. It's very of thick with heat and whenever the rain comes down it doesn't wash anything away it just makes things worse it just makes things thicker it makes the humidity worse it just it's and it's usually warm water that you're pelted with and you see a handful of folks that are running to you know various awnings trying to get underneath it you can hear people shouting from inside some of those buildings as their their roofs are just you know are sieves basically as the water drips down we're going to pan over uh, as we are going to check in on Scud. What is Scud doing? <laughs> Where do we see him? What does he look like? What is he doing? What can you say about Scud? Um, he's a man of few words. Uh, not that he doesn't talk much, but he just has a very small vocabulary. Uh, he has no hair, uh, not even eyebrows, nothing on the chest or uh, head, but he is constantly oiled down uh, to show off the definition of his massive, massive muscles. Um, he never wears a shirt. He, I doubt he even owns one. He does wear pants, but uh, he never skips leg day. Uh, so his calves have ripped those pants to shreds. Uh, they're basically shorts now. Uh, he would be working out absolutely right now. Uh, rain is a good time to work out because it keeps you cool and you can uh, exercise even longer. Sure. Now, there's there's probably more than a handful of, of very thick muscled, you know, stevedores around here and such and dock workers that might might be working with you here and there. Uh, some of them are actually doing port work, moving crates, barrels, loading things into these smaller fisher skiffs that skirt up and down the coast. 
there aren't any big cross ocean vessels here currently. It's mostly everything's just local and coastal. Uh, but you're, you're able to get a workout in with them here and there. Uh, we'll continue sort of traveling across this town a bit, and we will check in with Lark Tanley. Uh, Melissa, where is Lark currently? What does she look like now? What is she doing in the middle of this rain in like this late, this late morning, early afternoon? Hello, uh, Lark Tanley uh, has her trusty uh, metal owl companion, Nigel, uh, with her and... Nigel is uh, unfortunate at times to be uh, kind of conscripted to uh, umbrella duty as he sort of sits on uh, Lark's shoulder and kind of extends his uh, owl wings out as a bit of a cover under the wind and the rain. Uh, Her long red curly hair is very much up knotted, very messy, kind of some curls coming down. And nowhere has the sort of uh, sheen and kind of full body that it had uh, last time we saw her. Um, And she has become quite bored being in kind of the same place. And so you just see her with the uh, image crystal that has uh, scud that she can just sort of create an image of Scud. And she basically just kind of comes up behind someone who's trying to focus seriously and do something and just sort of pops the crystal out. And so then you just sort of see this like full size image of Scud just appear next to them. And so you're probably then nearby the river uh, as that seems to have, despite the rain starting to pour, has not dissipated. There's Plenty of people here. Some are fishing. Like I said, some are crabbing. They're going up and down some of the river rocks that connect into the ocean. And others are uh, others are panning. Like they're panning for gold here and there. The water is extremely dark, viscous with mud, silty. And uh, more than once you make uh, you make an enemy uh, of a fisherman or a crabber or a panner as you you pop up this this uh, this visual image of scud. Now, we're going to then turn our attention, as we continue looking around, to Durgak Dimmeldink. What is Durgak doing? Where is he? What do we see when we look at him, when we check in? What's going on? Yeah, so uh, Durgak is uh, still dressed, you know, as he's most comfortable. He's just got like a plain off-white tunic. He's got some uh, breech pants, uh, really worn shoes. He's uh, loading some objects into like a burlap sack, which then he slings over his shoulder. And he's just kind of walking around trying to find any way to get back to his home and to his farm because like y'all are just too intense. Like he's just, he's not living this. He's not about this kind of life. Yeah. And as you, you know, uh, in the time in which you've been here, You've probably tried to look for a way out of here for sure, but there's no way out of here. You guys are uh, are on a uh, this 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 coast that extends a, along a continent that most haven't fully explored. Uh, there is an attempt here to create kind of a, a foothold, uh, and it has not not been a particularly strong foothold. The ships I've already mentioned are mostly coastal ships, things like that, fisher folk and everything. Occasionally, a supply vessel will come uh, because this place is is sort of run by the South Traders Consortium, uh, which is 
uh, if you want to think about it, it's like half, uh, half trading company, half religious ideology. Uh, and they're, they're kind of in charge here and they're the ones whose vessels will come and supply, but you can't afford them. And so anytime any one of any of these have come, you've just never had enough money to get on. And so it's either just sit in the town, do your thing, or uh, or try to 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 find a way to make enough money to get on one of those vessels. And finally, we're gonna check in with a new character, uh, as we've got Enos. Long, where would Enos be? Uh, and what would he be doing? What does Enos look like? Tell us. Yes. Enos. He wears his hair in a ponytail. He's a stocky man. He's got a scar across his nose. And he's got a little greenish tunic that he wears. It's pretty worn. It shows his abs. And he's got an unsheathed sword. And he's going around the docks looking for people, trying to help people for a quick coin, for a quick meal. So as you move up and down, are you, you're trying to get a meal from folks? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, just like trying to assist them, like moving a box for a coin so I can okay. buy something later. So you're basically just doing like, like you know, like like various work, whatever you can get, a coin for this, a coin for that. And if you're doing the dock work, that's fine. That's, it's essential to a lot of folks do. They either do they either do dock work or they try to do scout work, stuff like that. It's sort of blaze trails, things here and there. Now, as all of you are mingling about the town and doing various tasks or or resigning yourselves to sitting within this warm rain, you see that there is a stir that has begun, uh, that has begun to grow over by the river. Lark, you being next to the river would see it immediately. As you watch Lark, there are several gold panners that are gesticulating wildly and shouting, and they look like they've caught something. But as you, as you kind of get a little closer and peek over and see what they're doing, you can see that they are currently dragging not one, not two, but five separate corpses covered in mud out of the river. And you can see that there's a handful of other items that are they're dragging out as well, uh, like, a, like a tarnished goblet, uh, what looks like a broken tablet, uh, and, and various like weapons and things that are either were attached to them or maybe ripped from pack, you know, some packages or some bags that they carried, but they're dragging them out. And as you're watching Lark, you know, you can, you can hear the shouts are starting to cascade throughout the, the town. And so everybody else, Enos and Durgax, Scud, Baldr, all of you will eventually hear this, this sort of big commotion. Now, this isn't the first time this has happened in the last few days. They've been fishing bodies out of this river that have been washing from deeper into the, into the jungle down towards the coast where, where this, uh, this town, town sits. And every time one of these bodies has been fished out, you've seen a, uh, a group from the, the, South, the South Traders Consortium, which is the only nice building led by a woman by the name of Sister Mirabelle, who is half accountant, half priestess. You can see that she leads this group over just like she is now. Two of them are holding up these, these competing umbrellas to keep the rain from falling on her. Uh, and you can see that she is, she is looking with a great deal of consternation uh, at these bodies. Um, for those of you who've been paying attention, there's been about 12 bodies now over the course of the last couple of days that have shown up. And after a few minutes... She's like, you can see her head 
she's kind of looking around, scanning the crowd. And that's when she sends some of her goons out and they start, you know, pushing people away, pushing people away, like get away, get away, nothing to look at, nothing to see here, move along. But she turns her head and she stares Lark directly in the face. And she says, you come here, you and the rest of your brood, where are they? The one who's always talking about his legs, you know, and the, and the weird one. And then the other weird one. Yes, 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 yes. And so um, Lark can do something that Melissa can. She just kind of does the like, you know, fingers in the mouth whistle. I'm going to need you to actually do that. I'm sorry. Go ahead and (laughs) blow your mic out completely. Fail. (laughs) Fail hard at that one. You just hear that shrill whistle that just, you know, kind of very much, you know, that she is uh, calling everyone over. Scud hears it and perks up like a golden retriever. (laughs) <laughs> he's like way away and he just happens to hear it. It's like a dog whistle he can hear from us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does everyone respond or does anyone respond in a way that is particularly interesting? Um, Baldra just kind of somehow manages to stealth up and then makes a point of like standing behind Lark and then just creepily sidestepping. So she's standing next to Lark. Oh, dear God, you always... I am the one with the crystal that pops and appears. It is not supposed to be an actual human that pops right behind me. You summoned Baldra? Yes. Mm? Yes. Indeed. I I, I did. Did, Has everyone else joined yet? Yeah. Durgak is just going to like casually walk up. Or like just like, oh, what, what do you want now? Me so, as well. I'd move my last box and show up. Okay. Yeah. Very professional. That'll do lunges the whole way there. <laughs> Just the whole. <laughs> Good. Okay. So as you come up, like Sister Mirabelle looks, uh, looks at Durgak. Yes, there, there's the weird one. That one right there. Always hmm, going on and on about a farm. There's no farm for fa- Never mind. Never mind. Now is not the time. Uh, and then looks over at Enos, and there's the other, there's the other strange one. And then at Baldra, finally, some someone sensible. Uh, and then she looks at you all, and she says, I've been led to believe that all of you are looking for a, a way out of here. Or at least you, Mr. Dimmeldink. Why, please, just I want to go home. Well, I'll tell you this. Within a fortnight, there'll be a new vessel. And if you do a task for me, for the South Traders Consortium, I can promise you all births on that vessel. I don't know if I can do that. I just want to get on a ship. It, it, it means you'll have a spot on the ship, Mr. Dimbleton. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. Well, all of you who survive... We'll get a berth on the ship then. I'm sorry, do you uh, believe that we are not all going to survive? That is an interesting uh, caveat to put on that. There have been 12 bodies in the water. You guys like not give birth on land? Why do you have to do it on a ship? You don't give birth. There's a spot for you. Hmm. Frankly, I am surprised that Mr. Dimmeldink has survived this long. Oh, goodness. We all look out for each other. 
what does, and she says this not necessarily to you all, but sort of just to herself, the fact that this is the group that is most competent oh, speaks very ill of Tizen. However, yes, this is about the bodies. Yes, of course it is. Do you all know where they're coming from? She kind of looks at you. If anyone makes any sign of resignation, you've heard rumors that that the, the consortium has tried to set up some deeper outposts in the jungle here and there. Uh, no specifics. Like you've, there's been people who've come and gone every now and then, and then uh, some folks who are there at the at the consortium's hall, and then they're gone and no one sees them again. Sometimes various various crates and various packages just show up on the consortium's halls and no one really knows what they're filled with, but they know they didn't come on a ship. So there's different, there's different rumors that there's like a, that there's out, there's an outpost or two out there deeper into the jungle. Are they your men? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Now, Mr. Enos, Mr. Dimmeldink, Stanley Boldrus, good. It's good. It's good. Oh, goodness. goodness. The task for you is a holy mission of property recovery. You will be working as contractors for the consortium, but not as members of the consortium themselves. You understand this? You are to head up river, follow it as far as you can. Eventually, you will meet, you will find the outpost from which these bodies came. Now, the place had 18 personnel. Two-thirds of those personnel have washed down here, which means that there are still at least half a dozen more, if our numbers are correct, that are within that outpost. But even more importantly, the scores the scores of artifacts, treasures that they've recovered from various abandoned and sunken treasures out there in the jungle have not yet brought them down here. Our next vessel was going to bring some machinery to help us move up the river so that we can recover them in greater ease. Your job, now that you have accepted it, is to head up river, find the outpost, Recover as much of the loot as you possibly can in return with it. Simple, easy, no problem. Yes? I must inquire if the worth of these physical items is such that you have already risked the lives of 12 of your employees. It would appear that our contract for this should be quite... Uh, handsome, as they say. As I said, there will be berths for you. Uh, there will be a space for you to travel on the next vessel so that you can leave this accursed place. As far as I can see, there is nothing more valuable than escape. Would you disagree? Uh, escape no. with an empty pocket is a little bit of a... We would gladly like to leave... Well, Miss Baldra, if you venture out there, recover some of the treasure that we are looking for, and return safely, having not 
manhandled or broken it in any way, then you can rest assured you will be allowed to leave. We're going to get like a cart so we can load stuff into it and bring it back. Like, are these big things we're getting? Yes. And there are also, should be, there should be such carts at the outpost themselves. After all, how do you think they recover and return those artifacts from their sources into the outpost itself? I mean, they don't because they're all dying. Do you find that funny? No, no. I, I just, uh, I find the fact that we're going to leave here with uh, beds, but empty pockets uh, a bit uh, not to my liking. Roll a charisma test, Lark. Let's see how you do. Remember, this is a roll under. So that's like literally roll under. So we're looking at roll. I rolled a 10 under 12. Okay, Fine. Miss Tanley, we will give you a percentage of the treasure that you return with. After valuation, we will give you 5% of the treasure's value. Each? No. I will give you then 8% of the value that you all can divide amongst yourselves. 8 doesn't go into 5 Mr. Dimmeldink, if you could be so kind as, do you see that rock over there? Could you go pick it up and bring it over there? Well, I guess. Can you watch my satchel? No, I cannot. Fine, geez. Do we have a deal, Miss Tanley? I mean, five does not go into eight. Oh, for crying. As a point of math. Five okay. goes into ten. Scud raises his hand, too. Yes, Scud. What what <laughs> question do you have? Scud's not pregnant. Okay, well, Scud, do you see that rock over there? <laughs> Could you pick that up and bring that over there for me, please? Scud can carry. He goes Thank over you, to Scud. pick up the rock. Okay. Final deal, Miss Tanley. I will give your group 10%. However, you will not be going alone. Mr. Gross, I'm sorry. Captain, come here. And you see there is a man and three others that are coming with him. These are official members of the consortium. They will be there to observe, make sure that you don't abscond, or that means to take and steal. Uh, property that is rightfully the South Traders Consortium's hiding it perhaps to recover later. They'll be there to monitor all of your all of your dealings and assist, of course, if 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 anything is necessary. And so you Mark look over will extend a hand, um, and she'll just say, Ah, oh, nice to meet you, Captain Snitch. And Captain looks down, he's got this giant bushy black beard, you know, he's got eyes that are just just strange kind of orangey color. He's got smudge of grime on his face. He's, his bushy hair is matted down. There's three behind him. One of whom is a guy who's just has next to no clothes on and his hair is kind of spiked out in different directions. It's not being matted down by the rain. Uh, there's a woman who has about a thousand daggers that she's just toying around with. Uh, and then there's another man with a very flamboyant looking hat. He looks down at your hand. He grabs it and it is just the most calloused 
hand you've ever grabbed in your life. And he's just, Lime's gross, you nincompoop. Captain Gross. Captain, if three syllables is too difficult for you. Oh, yes, I, I did. I did call you Captain. I just, you're, you're here to observe. So you're Captain Stitch to me, but Captain uh, nonetheless. Simple yes would have sufficed. Yes, Captain. Yeah. Rhesus, we'll see your treasure and your men return safely. We'll accept the offer. Thank you, Enos. I appreciate your directness. Perhaps it is you I should have been talking with this whole time. I will learn if there is next time. You don't mind. Can I inspect the bodies to get an understanding of their death? Go right ahead. And yeah, you go and you inspect the bodies. Is there anything in particular you're looking for when you look over? You're just kind of giving a general once over. They don't look like if they died of any external injuries. Uh, yeah, they all seem to be uh, decapitated. Oh. Yeah, every every one of them seems to be missing a head. But was that the cause of death? Well, that's a great <laughs> question, Scud. <laughs> I like to think Scud actually asked that question. Uh, hard to say. I mean, they certainly have tons of scars. They're bloated. Uh, it's hard to tell without proper forensic dating what injury they suffered first. But uh, they they've got some some stab wounds, some scrapes, some some broken bones. Could have been from the river. Could have, you know, been ha happened before they got thrown in the river. Who knows? But yeah, they all most notably are missing heads, and the heads did not seem to wash down. Like a lot of the gold panners and the crabbers in here, none of them have been able to find it. And this is also true of the previous ones. All of them have been decapitated. Do you have any enemies, Captain Gross? Do I have enemies? None that are breathing. Why? Are you applying for the job? No, nah, just making sure you're safe. Hmm. Are you about ready yet? I'm ready when you are. So, Scud and Durgak, have you finished moving the stone? Durgak's going to drop his in the middle of the path that people walk and carry on with the group. <laughs> just splashes mud, is it? Okay. Scud will pick up his stone too and start carrying them both. <laughs> Okay, so before you guys leave, is there anything else? Is there anything you wanted to do before you venture out? I think so. I would be smart to like do research or provisions. I like to think we just go. Okay. Uh, actually, well, <laughs> just I them. do want to buy some. Do I need to buy anything to be able to use my herbalist skill, or is that just more like? And in the field, kind of thing. Uh, I don't think you. I don't think there's anything they have to requires to purchase. I think it's just a the gift that you have, or the no. It's your okay. is your origin, right? One of your origins. Yeah, one of the backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You should um, use it. Okay. Are there healing potions? I was trying to look under the uh, items tab. I just see basically weapons and maybe uh, gifts. No, I don't no. think there's healing potions. No. Okay. Um, All right. Could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure there aren't. No worries. Then I was just trying to find how to spend these twenty-five coins, but we're good. There might be something under like twisted science or something that I don't recall, but I don't think there's just like uh, like purchasable uh, potions and things like that. Okay. Anybody else? Nope. Okay. So then you all uh, get together, put down your rocks, uh, get your things 
and you start heading out. Now, the idea is to follow the river uh, as long as you can go. It's a winding, circuitous river. It's dark. It's thick. You can never see the bottom. It's not rushing, uh, but it is not moving at a, a at a sort of a, a leisurely pace. It is somewhere in between those those two concepts. And as you're, you know, as you're walking, you know, as you're traveling uh, amongst yourselves, uh, you can definitely get the sense that every now and then something, something seems to disrupt the current. And you can see that as if there's something folding over, maybe a, maybe a, an eel, maybe a crocodile, not entirely sure, but you can tell that it is not without there being something swimming about inside. Now the jungle is relatively unforgiving. Each step is muddy terrain and your boots sink. They kind of cling into the mire, sometimes almost almost plucking as you try to drag it back out. Rain is pouring relentlessly and it's just like a constant drench. And then you have these irregular intervals where it just doesn't rain at all. Uh, the humidity is, is extraordinarily thick. Uh, and more than once you can see like the palms, even when it's not raining, rustle and you get the feeling that there might be something following along or like scouting you, looking at you here and there. The jungle is certainly known to have a significant number of very dangerous creatures uh, that uh, have come and gone. Oh, we lost Steven. Uh, let's see. We lost Steven for a bit. Uh, we're going to keep playing because I think he's going to try to reconnect. So apologies for the ugly overlay. Uh, and that Ashley's head is cut off, but uh, we're gonna go for it. So Bob you kind of keep... doesn't mind. <laughs> so you keep pushing and pushing, uh, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna treat this a little bit like uh, like the travel, like a skill endeavor or like a Dell from Heart. And so what that basically means is like as we push further, each each step we push further, obstacles will pop up here and there, and then everyone will someone will take the lead and try to describe how they go about overcoming that obstacle. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what she gets, Chuck. You know, she just, you know, Ashley just, she, she always has these ideas and she's always talking about being weird and being creepy. And this is what she gets. She gets her head cut off. And it's only half of her head anyway. Okay. Oh, that is that why, is that why Steven left? Chuck showed up and he got all nervous. <laughs> okay. Uh, so as you guys are, are, are pushing forward, the, like I said, the, the river itself, it's undulating, it curves, uh, you see it, it has uh, like this, this, these huge banks that occasionally you can see fall into the river itself. And then there's all these other hills that sometimes you have to climb and circumvent as the river, the river's coast, the banks themselves are too treacherous. As you're going over one of these, you can see from up above where like a bit of a waterfall is coming down and kind of connecting a higher level of the jungle where the river is to the sort of the level in which you're traveling, you can see that the, that the cliff just begins to collapse, just fall as the, the mud begins to slide down vertically and it comes rushing in your direction, sweeping down. You can see it taking out trees as it's moving. Uh, how, who all wants to take, kind of take the lead and what's the strategy for trying to avoid this mudslide? This is just an example of what I mean by obstacle. What do we got? Uh, how tall was the wall of mud? Uh, not insignificant. I mean, it's like it's it's just it's more like it's not so much a wall as it's just like this sloshing wave here and there. I guess Durgak would try and like point out tall, sufficiently tall trees that we could climb. 
Okay, perfect. Uh, so we'll say, let's go ahead and roll a strength test to see if you start wanting to, if, if you can kind of climb up. Uh, Durgak, you're leading this, we'll say. So you go ahead and roll that check. Um, and as long as, there he is, he's back now. Sorry I got one success. No worries. It's all good. We got a mudslide because your leg stopped holding the planet up. Okay. So, so Derek, as this like mudslide comes rushing down from the from the the cliff, this cliffside of the waterfall, you can see it taking out trees. Derek, look and you find these taller, much more sturdy trees, and you start climbing up one. And maybe you were out in front a bit, and you can see as the as the slide of mud hits into the trunk. It doesn't seem to uproot it or take it down. The rest of you, you, you see Durgak doing this as well. All of you go ahead and roll strength tests. You can do it at advantage because Durgak was able to point out to you like the, the best kind. Success, eight under 10. Nine under 10, I'm good. This might be the first strength roll that Scud has passed. Okay, anyone fail? Is meeting a pass? Uh, no, I think it's a roll under, right? Isn't am I forgetting? Yeah, that that's how we ruled it last time. And yeah, it's roll. It's specifically under. roll under. Yeah, yeah. you rolled an advantage. Oh, advantage. Right? Yeah. Oh. Oops. I like to imagine Scud just walked up the tree using his leg strength. <laughs> okay, uh, Scud was likely still carrying both stones as well. Yeah, I still failed with advantage. Carrying both stones. Okay, so Scud, you have both. Uh, all right, so Enos, this thing, as, as you're trying to climb up, you just keep slipping down and slipping down, and this wash of mud just just envelops you, and you disappear. All of you just wash below as it's just this massive flood uh, of, uh, like, this brown, slushy water, and Enos disappears. Enos, you go traveling for a ways, and you can feel yourself smashing, banging against some of the trees, some of the brush, some of the rocks here and there. Go ahead and mark down three points of damage and you travel backwards, it has to be almost like a quarter of a mile before you're able to grab on to something a little bit more sturdy and crawl, you know, climb up a little bit. Uh, and you have little bits of blood here and there mixing with, uh, with, with the mud itself. Uh, but you are okay. You look down at your packs, your things, and you think everything's there, at least everything's supposed to. And after a little bit of time, probably about 45 minutes to an hour of you all just clinging to these trees, eventually things kind of die down and you're able to climb back down. Um, can I make some, uh, or roll the D6 to make some healing bombs for, you yeah, know, since you your, find them? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. once things are, when things have settled, you come down, you go over to Enos, you see all, he's got like a hundred bumps and bruises and gashes here and there. I got five bombs. Okay. They do 1d6 per healing uh, plus level. And I think we're okay. level three. That is correct. Uh, so go ahead and roll a d6 plus three Enos. And that's how much you can, of the damage you just took that can heal. Okay. Whoa, man. You got to watch out for that moving dirt. Y'all good? Yeah, the tree was slippery. <laughs> so you just start applying the little bomb and everything. Uh, at a certain point, as you guys are sitting there healing up, Captain Gross, are we moving or not? Come on. Sister Do you know how to sail on dirt? Do I know how to sail on dirt? Yeah, you're like a captain, right? 
This is the start. I'm not a captain of a ship. Oh, I thought that title meant like you could pilot a boat. No, I can't pilot a boat. Do you see me on a boat? What good what? would a boat captain be in the middle of a flipping jungle? Well, maybe you guys do like community service or something. I don't know. Community service? If you're if you're done kissing his boo boos, can we get moving? Jeez, all right, let's go. And so, as you guys were lingering around healing, he and his others, they've kind of scouted up. You're starting to go up this now. It's actually a much more gentle slope. As you as you as the the mudslide has actually created some some pathways up that wasn't there before. Uh, and as you travel around for about an hour. It's starting to get darker, but you're not sure if that's from another more of the thunderstorm rolling in. Scud, you're doing great with your with your two boom boxes. Uh, you guys come to this this gorge, and on your east you see this like the rivers extending out a ways. But then to the north, as you're trying to travel a little bit around this big bend, there is this gorge that seems to be uh, traversable. Uh, but you see this long, ropey partially collapsed bridged here and there that extends to the other side. It's only about 20 feet wide or so. Uh, and you can see that already on the other side, the woman that you had met, one of Crap Captain Gross's, uh, uh, like the, the mercs with him, is kind of sitting there waiting, kind of flipping, you know, the, the dagger around. Who wants to, uh, so as you try to cross, so it's like the next obstacle is crossing this thing. You look down the gorge and it's probably about a 40 foot drop into really rocky terrain. And you can see it in the midst of that rocky terrain, there is like this small muddy tributary that seems to connect to the river uh, off to the east. How would you all like to go about trying to get across? Do you want to traverse the rope bridge? Do you want to climb down, climb back up? Do you want to navigate and find a different route? What would you like to So, do? uh... At this point, Lark is going to speak up and she's going to be like, all right, everyone, I do believe that this is an opportunity for our good friend Nigel to go ahead and find us the best path across this rope. How about it there, little friend? And she'll kind of set Nigel down. Uh, as a reminder, Nigel is her metal owl uh, little friend that she has as an inventor. And so she's basically going to send Nigel out to kind of tell us which, you know, step over here, step over here. Okay. So you want him to like navigate, you want him to essentially observe, find mm -hmm. the safer planks and yep. okay. So he's like, he, maybe he flies underneath as well. Okay. Uh, let's roll, let's call it uh, like an intellect check uh, as sort of assessing the, structural integrity of certain aspects of the bridge as you move across. Okay. And you can just roll it with your stats, obviously. Uh, yes, the floor is made of floor here. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you uh, know about architecture? I don't know. 10 under 12 success. Apparently a decent amount as Nigel is able to pinpoint that along the way, there are three very what looks to be swollen planks, meaning like they've just been belted more than others with rain or they haven't handled it as well. And they look on verge of just ripping apart, just splintering apart because of it. Uh, so everyone go ahead as you cross, make a dex test as you cross, you get advantage uh, as Nigel has given you all a, uh, a, a very easy way across. 
Scud is swole. I don't know, Scud. Do you want to carry both of those rocks across? Absolutely. Oh God. Okay. All right. So I see a success One's for good, right? One is a critical Pass. success. Yeah. Baldra goes up in front of everybody. <laughs> everybody watch. And then she creepily goes what underneath the bridge and just scuttles across to the other side. Well, is it wrong? Like a spider? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of oh like, I'm God. thinking like Grudge Girl. And she. <laughs> I'm thinking just, of the trolls from Willow, the movie, not the TV show. Has anyone? Oh man, why am I? I'm why thinking did I make of the reference. Is it? Why did is I it do that? Una from Disenchantment. <laughs> is it oh, stepmom yeah, yeah, Una yeah, from Disenchantment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. the vibe that like I'm that getting. Too. That's great. Okay. All right. So, Vulture, you get across. Anyone fail? I can't mimic that, but I'll just walk across. I passed. Okay. Yeah, it's a very tense travel as it sways here and there everyone does it like one at a time because you're afraid that the weight is just too much scud more than once you take a step and you've got those heavy stones on either shoulder and you just creak down you see the rope begin to unravel here and there every now and then as you take a couple steps a gust of wind enos as you're traveling across suddenly makes the rope the rope bridge swing a bit to the left and then back to the right lark as you're traveling you look down briefly, you see one of those swollen planks just explode, burst open. You can see all these different uh, these different shards start flying up into your eyes and down below. And as you track the fall, you can see it lands. A chunk of this plank lands in that stream. And this large brown crocodile, just its maw opens up and it's just pink and yellow that just suddenly appears and then clamps down as if it was just looking to bite whatever fell and then fades back into that muddy water. I'm sorry. Did I just see a crocodile of pink and yellow? Did I hear that correctly? The mouth. The mouth was. as It opened its mouth. Okay. And she'll just look at Nigel. I am so thankful that you did not fall, Nigel. You could have been inside the belly of that thing. Does Nigel talk? Crikey! They would have been <laughs> so big! <laughs> he does now. Okay. Okay. All right. You make it across. Take a breath. Take a breather. No one's hurt. No one's injured. You are probably about five hours away from the town. It is. It is getting dark now. Proper for night, and you start to make camp. And you can see that the camp that you're making, you don't really have a ton of uh, a ton of tools or devices, but you do have a few canvases and such that allow you to set up. Uh, some manner of tents. Probably Captain Gross establishes a, a watch. All of that is, is is relatively easy. But at one point, let me see what this is going to affect. Throughout the night, oops. Sorry, it keeps coming up Jeremy, and I because I have Jeremy on my random player list still, but he's not in this game. Uh, at one point during the night, uh, as you're all sleeping, is there anything you guys are doing, by the way, as you settle down for camp before I jump into that? Durgak, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to use my wilding ability to take a long rest. Uh, and then that will allow me to take another, do another herbalist roll. Okay. All right. Anyone else doing anything interesting as you try to camp down for the night? Yeah, I'd like to set up a perimeter. Okay. Like some sort of noise trip. Set up a noise trap? Okay. That sounds yeah. great. Um, roll like, um, 
I mean, you're able to do it. It's just a question, obviously, of how well you do it or how intelligently you place the trap. So we can do like an int test, maybe. If that's cool with you, unless you had okay. something else in mind. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. One of 15, which is a failure. Okay. Uh, so you you do manage to set up. You get as much. You have bits of thread. You have maybe some some chunks of metal, some of such that you maybe picked up during your stevedore work, extra hooks, you know, fishing hooks and things, some netting that you're able to, to create these traps here and there. And again, you're able to do it. It's just kind of a question of how effectively uh, it happens. Sometime in the middle of the night, you all are awoken uh, as there is like a, like a screeching sound. And you just hear... And it's extremely loud. And it is immediately within your camp. And as all you scramble up and look, you can see that there is some sort of hideous jungle cat that has what appears to be these huge horns like popping out of its head. Like these, it's like it's it's got these these horns coming out almost like it's a bull. And you can see that there are more on its like long dangling tail that seems to be skirting around behind it as if it's it's got its a mind of its own more of those tiny little spikes but it's just in the middle of your camp screeching not and it's not attacking you it's moving in this strange kind of almost like it's drunk in a way all of you are familiar with drunkenness what are you all doing scud smashes it with a rock scud you walk up do you throw it or do you walk up and smash it? No, I, I have horrible decks. I would, I would hit it. Okay, roll, roll your attack. And uh, I'll say you can actually roll this at advantage. Uh, okay, it was a success. Yeah, success. Okay, so you walk up. Uh, roll your damage. You can roll whatever your unarmed damage is. I don't know. Uh, that's only a D8. Not very good. This guy. Um, eight. By default, it's like a D4. He's just being a, just being a guy. You rolled an eight? I rolled max damage, yeah. You take the you you take the stone and you and you just see here this horrible crack as the stone goes directly through the spine of this creature, and the torso explodes. And viscera just erupts everywhere. Anyone within 10 feet gets a little speck here and there. And it lies there on the ground, no longer screeching. But Scud, as you're standing there, you don't hear the screech anymore. And because it's gotten kind of quiet, you're able to now hear a different sound. And you watch as there's this, this series of sacks that seem to be pouring out of where you smash that stone begin to erupt in a thousand strange insects these moats just begin flying out and swarming over top of you beginning to prick and bite go ahead and roll a contest uh constitution all right constitution uh pass okay you're able to like you get they're they're biting like a hundred like you're getting like a hundred bites and you you're able to sort of withstand it but you can see that that blood is starting to to pour here and there the rest of you, you see him being swarmed now, and he's you know smashing himself here and there, trying to kill some of these bugs. What do you guys do in this moment? Is it still raining? 
Uh, it, it, it's always intermittent. So it always comes and goes. And I'll say high or low. Higher low there, Enos. Hi. We'll say right now it is, in fact, there's a slight drizzle. Doesn't seem to be immediately affecting these creatures, but there's a slight drizzle. It's not over overwhelming, though. <laughs> Where is everybody in relation to the campfire? Close enough. You're all you're all within a, a step or two. You know, it's it's fine. Like we don't have to be too specific with it. Okay, that's bad. Then I won't do what I was thinking. Um, and I would say if like if if it's it's a warm place, the 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 fire is more about deterring things, and it is about warmth. Um, keeping bugs away. Yeah, keeping bugs away. Exactly. I would say you're all probably at least nearby, which is you know within I don't know ten feet. 15 feet, something like that. Anything like that. Why? What are you thinking, Ashley? What do you want to do? I have a spell. It's called Feeding the Fire. I make an existing flame burst by feeding it with my anger. It deals D6 damage to all nearby targets. Okay. So if Scud is near enough to this. Well, you could you could always tell him to go to, go to the fire. You could always tell him to do that. Scott, I could kill the bugs if you go near the fire. Not in the fire, but nearby. Scud can burn. It goes may hurt the fire. you a little <laughs> okay. bit. Scud goes stumbling over towards the fire. Baldur, you're going to roll your... Go ahead and try to roll. Okay. I uh, rolled a three. Uh, yeah, Casting so, was a success. So for, for Ashley, it's an in test to cast mm. successfully. Uh, and so you are you have successfully cast it. Um, and so read the description of the spell. I need a d6. So the description is make an ex existing flame burst by feeding it with my anger. Uh, inflicts a d6 damage to all nearby targets. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and roll your, your d6 for damage. And then Five. I don't know if it factors into it, but Scud is oiled up. With actual flammable oil, Scott is the dumbest. Person. <laughs> <laughs> he just coats Please. himself in motor oil. I always thought it was like, you know, like, like it was body oils, you know, I it was like coconut oil. oil or something. No, 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 it's motor oil. <laughs> okay, so Baldra, what do you scream? Uh, or or do how do you express your anger in getting this uh, this fire to burst? What do you do? Uh, so Baldur really dislikes bugs, so this is kind of like a, a knee jerk reaction more than anything. As she's like swatting at her own skin, and she's like, "Baldur hates bugs." And then she does this like weird hand motion where she like reaches towards the fire, and then kind of like jerks her arm up like she's trying to pull the fire up out of the ground and as she does so that's when it kind of like bursts and so it did three points you said five five okay so gotta take five points of damage that's the bad news oof the I good do news apologize. is that the swarm is is half burst you know burnt by this this burst of fire and the other immediately flees at the sudden expulsion of this fire itself. So you're no longer being bit by these things. And because, and because you've, you've succeeded at the constitution test, you didn't get affected by their bites. But you did take that five points of damage. You can see there's some scorch marks here and there. But ultimately, there is now a, a, like a destroyed corpse of a very large jungle cat of some kind. And you can see that there's some bites here and there, some burnt up moats that, uh, that got caught by the fire. And the rain is still kind of coming down. 
Anyone do anything Scud, else? When he sees that fire burst up, he goes into primal instinct uh, and just stops, drops, and rolls. Okay, stops, drops, and rolls, covering yourself in the mud of the ground. Okay. Lark, when she saw like the whole swarm of things, like she just kind of like jumped up out of her like bedroll or whatever, grabbed her inquisitor sword with both hands, and is just wildly like flailing over her head, like running after. You managed to like hit one with like the the blade side of it, cutting a little tiny. Uh, they're actually not that small; they're actually fairly big. Uh, these these moats that burst out and scud. All right, so for the rest of the night. And that Enos, by the way, had you passed, that would have that bursting would have happened a little bit further away from camp. Morning eventually comes. It is is extremely hot. Although you can't really get a ton of the light because there's this canopy overhead that's covering you. You nonetheless feel like you you all are sweating, fierce. You're you're pouring in at times, and you travel for a bit, about two or three hours into the morning. When you come across this, uh, you know, you almost lose the river for a little bit uh, as there is like a morning mist that that crops up and you find yourselves blocked off from it for a while. As you see this, this nine penetrable thicket in front of you, it's just extending, kind of blocking route. Either you have to go back and backtrack and lose a few hours of time or you have to try to push through. And you can and as you come up to this, this thicket, you realize that. It's a very dense, dense shrubbery. And not only that, but there's a series of thorns here and there. There are plenty of like these large palms, these these sort of uh, gnarled looking palms that are scattered about this thicket for a very long way. But you can tell that like it's really going to slow your movement and those thorns can make it kind of uh, kind of painful. But what task do you want to do here? How do you want to handle this? Do you want to go back? Do you want to try to push forward? What do you think? Let's take the lead on this. I'll cut us through. Okay. Uh, so you're going to step up and just, just you have a sword out of some kind? What do you got? Yeah, I've got a little dagger. You got a dagger? So you take out a small dagger and you start hacking away with this dagger. All right. Go ahead and roll an attack. Durgak's going to hand a healing bomb to Scud and be like, yo, like, you got to be careful around fire, even when the crazy witch lady's trying to blow up the camp. Baldra just hisses at you. I'm going to enable my doom die here. Okay. So what Long is, yeah, so what Long is doing, uh, one of the things you're able to do in this game is you can call upon doom, uh, which effectively means that you automatically lower your doom die by one step. So the default start of a doom die is D6. So it goes from a D6 to D4, which means that he can roll that doom die and then subtract the result of what he rolls from his test, making it more likely to succeed. So how'd you do, man? I got a six on the D6. And then Fantastic. subtracted from a seven. Oh, that's, does that make it a one? It makes it a one. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it needs to be a natural. Though? I don't know. That's, not that's a great question. <laughs> it's a great question that I don't know the, the answer to. I think it's an, I think it's a probably not. Yeah. A crit. The little yeah. sheet says natural, natural. is a crit yeah. success. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, you still do surprisingly effectively with his dagger, despite the fact that sometimes these branches, these these thorn-covered branches are just too much for you. You are able to maybe bypass a little bit more easily with a tiny little dagger. More than once, you feel something thrown down at you from above, and you see like this kind of coconut-like 
like this this material. It's not quite a coconut, but it's gnarled looking, hardened rock, uh, like from above, like a like like this this hard covered fruit. And you look up and you can see there's this these series of monkeys that are kind of throwing stuff down at you guys as you manage to uh, as you manage to try to push through the thicket. But because you're able to carve a path, it makes it a, like you guys are moving much more quickly. So if I can go ahead, give me a dex. You can take advantage again because Enos manages to carve a decent path. Monkeys are assholes. I agree, John. Success. No, I like the monkeys are just so cool looking. I hit my head on a branch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a good throw, monkey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got a crit on mine. You got a crit success? So I'll catch their husk of coconuts and try and toss them back. Okay, I'm gonna. You don't just try. You do. You grab one and you throw it back up, and you hear, <laughs> and you watch a monkey just fall out of the tree, <laughs> landing in the in the thicket a few feet from you. Anybody else fail? I know Durgak failed. I did not. I got a six uh, under ten. Okay, Scott. I only passed because of advantage. Okay, Durgak, go ahead. <laughs> you are. So you guys are moving through it, and Durgak is for some reason getting the the lion's share of the, of the attention from these monkeys that are just constantly throwing these these hardened coconut like fruit at him. Takes six points of damage. Is by the time you push through this thicket and get into a clearing. You have about a hundred bruises on your face and on your shoulders, on your arms, as you just were getting pelted the whole way. The rest of you kind of kept it a little bit, you know, you were a little bit closer to the ground, or Scud just looked too intimidating, whatever it might be. I think monkeys just hate the smell of cabbage. That could be it. He, they probably also know what's in the uh, the backpack. It is, yeah. And they ain't, you know, probably like they do it if he does it to rabbits. When you get into the clearing, however, you can see that up ahead, there is, uh, I'll say, you know, you're in front still because you kind of led the way. You can see that in the middle of the clearing, there is this bat-like creature, for lack of a, a better term. As you can see, it's, you know, roughly your size, maybe a little bit taller. It's two-legged. Uh, and if you guys are paying attention to the the tabletop, I'm periodically showing some tokens and stuff for you so you can kind of get a feel for what they look like. But you see this very large two-legged bat creature that seems to be bent over top of some kind of carcass. And you can see it's like ripping through it. <laughs> Hasn't quite noticed you yet. As it's busy, so, I'll try to sneak up on it and see if I can take it out quietly. Okay, uh, so let's do a text for you to sneak up. And I'll or on the deck, so it's pass. Yeah, so you pass, you get up close. Yeah. Go ahead and roll your attack. And I'll say that because it's like you're, you're effectively, you know, ambushing here. Um, what I'll say is I'm trying to remember if there are specific ambush rules and I don't recall any, but we'll say roll your attack with advantage. Okay. Uh, three's a pass. So I do have Assassin as one of the backgrounds. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so that'll give me 2d6 plus my level of damage. All right. Roll that 2d6. Oh, two and a one. So three yep. plus three is six. So six points of damage. You know, as you, you come up this thing, you're very, very quiet. The rest of you who are just coming through the thicket, 
you now see Enos sneaking through this clearing up to where this creature is feeding on some other carcass. And you watch as Enos stabs into him with that very dagger that just led the way through the thicket and just twists and turns on it. And the creature arcs its back, its wings go wide, and it lets out this deafening scream. Uh, so I need all of you to roll a contest as I would do the deafening scream on stream, but I don't want to deafen the audience. So, but it's really bad. Uh, so that's the lolly on the lolly die, which is that's a crit, a crit fail. fail in this game. Oh no. Uh, I failed. Normal fail. Okay. I also failed. I passed. I got a five. Okay. I also passed. All right. Those of you who passed, you're good to go. No problem. Uh, okay. Those of you who failed, uh, you take four points of damage as your ears begin to bleed, as your senses become overloaded and your eyes start to water and you instinctively shut them and cover your ears. Anyone who failed and attempts to attack this creature, uh, you're going to be doing so at disadvantage as you, you can't really hear currently and you're having trouble seeing. Those of you who passed, you're managing to keep focused, no issue. Uh, so let's go ahead then, since initiative has begun, um, Enos is gone. The creature went, so we're just going to flow into this normally. So Enos went, then the creature just went. And so now all of you can go. We don't need to roll anything special. Let's just do it that way. So Lark, Scud, Durdak, or excuse me, Durgak or Baldra. Lark um, I'm, crit failed, go ahead. so I'm kind of going to say that she's just going to be like uh, really distressed at this point, and so she's just sort of kind of running around a bit like... Roll your doom die too, actually, that you could oh. fail. Yeah, roll your doom die. And remember, if you get a one or a two, it degrades. <laughs> one. All right, so it degrades. That That's the crit fail result, basically. Okay. So right. she just, she it's like she's looking at this thing and it's got wings like Nigel does, but it's eating something and it's attacking something. And so she's just like kind of out of her mind a little bit, like taking the time to like yell at Nigel. Like you would not do that. That is not something you would do. You would not do that. Or you would. You would be good at it. No, that's actually what we need to do. I need to train you to do that because sometime I may need you to do that. And I don't think you've done that yet. And so she's just like off in this little tangent about like now she's going to train Nigel to like eat things. Okay. Scud, you, you were saying something as well. So what are you doing? Scud is going to go berserk. Uh, okay. The veins are going to be popping out of his head. His neck uh, is going to be thicker than it ever has been. He's got blood rushing out of his ears. Uh, and he's going to try and smash this thing with the stone. Okay, yeah. It's, and it's not that far, so you're able to move there with your move. Make your attack. Go right ahead. I failed. Disadvantage. Yeah, so... You're charging in, your eyes are watering, your ears are ringing. It's, it's to the point now where like almost a sense of vertigo or disorientation at the very least is coming to play. And it almost seems that this thing is shimmering in front of you and you go to swing at it and you, you, you swing at one of those weird little shimmery blips as opposed to actually hitting it directly in its torso. Baldra or Dur Durgak? Uh, Baldra uses a scud as a springboard. So she she, she kind of like runs up as she's following behind Scud. And then when he kind of like whiffs, she steps on his back, uses him, 
pops up and then she's got her creepy little mud or blood sickle and she's just striking down on it. That sounds wonderful. Uh, go ahead, roll the attack. Take advantage because I really like the description of you using Scud as a launching Thank pad. You. Sounds fantastic. Thank you for advantage. I needed it. <laughs> um, okay, I got a four. Originally, I got a 19. <laughs> that would have oh, been God. Uh, Awesome. Roll your damage. How much uh, damage are you doing this thing? Uh, where is my damage? This is, oh, 1d6 for damage. Okay. Oh, that's a great reminder as we tomorrow, free RPG day at your local, friendly local game stores. We got two now. But there's one. Five damage. Five? Okay. Very nice. So you you launch off of Scud, and this thing is kind of just coming out of its scream. It's still kind of doing it, but it's on the tail end, and it's just opening this this big old furry mouth. The fangs uh, are now clear, dripping with blood from this carcass, and it's kind of going back and forth like it's like a sprinkler head and you just clip it on the side of its face carving right through its cheek and kind of down its chest blood spurts out some of the fur of this creature kind of gets matted a bit it's still standing but you just did a palpable hit one might say and then we'll go to Durgak I think he's the last one to go yeah Durgak will just run up and he'll take his uh his bag from off of his shoulder and just bring it over his head and swing it straight down on top of the uh, creature. I love it. Uh, you're I'm, using your. I'm bag counting now. my. I'm counting my bag as like a warhammer. Uh, I'll take loosely. it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. So, it's it's gonna degrade. I do it. Roll seventeen. Okay, so you start smashing away <laughs> with your your rabbit hammer. And like no one knows hitting. what's in there yet. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting and hitting and hitting, <laughs> but it's not necessarily like it's more harassing it than it is actually doing damage. Go around to the start of the initiative then of the next round. Start with Enos. Enos, you started the combat off. So you're in first position. So you go before it. So you can go ahead and go before it'll go. Try to get a nicely aimed strike on it. Go for Cut it. Man. Two. Two. That is a definite hit. Roll your damage. Because I have the gift of the riddle of steel, my weapon is a D12. Damn it. I'm sorry? What? D12. D12. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and roll. I rolled a D8. Oops. No, no, no. It's fine. Uh, It's still a four. Four points of damage. Uh, You don't don't manage to kill it. You do get a good hit into it. Uh, It is still standing, but you start slashing into it. Uh, and this thing has now suffered significantly. It's taken that hit from from Baldra. It's taken Enos' initial initial stab and twist. A second shot from Enos now, uh, and it is going to turn towards you, Enos. You being the one that it has uh, suffered the most damage from. You can see its mouth will open much wider than you thought possible. Even when it was screaming, it was still just normally open. But now it almost seems to unclench it the way that a snake might. And you can see there's another set of fangs at the bottom of the jaw. And it's trying to try now to, it's sort of like a snapping turtle, just reach out, grab you, try to rip and cause you to bleed. You can do this. You can either try to parry this if you've got a weapon or a shield with strength, or you can try to dodge with dex. What would you like to do? I'll up the parry. Okay, go for it. So roll that strength test. GM doesn't really eight. roll attacks. That's a yeah, success. Yeah, got eight you manage to hold the dagger up. This dagger, by the way, has been doing some work. As you hold it up, 
and you manage to just kind of get it up and under its fangs, dodging the fangs on your wrist, and you kind of stab it right in the under mouth, and it immediately recoils, uh, unable to clamp down with its mouth over top of you. Turn around to the rest of you all. Uh, Lark, you're still running. Are you still running around or you try to do something here specifically? Uh, I think at this point, uh, I kind of took the effect last round. So I think at this point, I'm going to just kind of turn to Nigel and just say, look, look, watch me. This is how you do it. So I would like to. I would like to. um, So before, I'm going to do an attack effect. So before making your attack test, you can select to add an effect, roll your doom die. You know what I've been forgetting to do? What's that? Modify your rolls by its the difference in its in your level. It should have been everything should have been essentially basically plus one to your rolls. So I think you're right. This is a level four creature, so it probably wouldn't have had much of an effect. Go ahead, Lark. All right. I rolled it two. Uh, so I was aiming for brutal, where I get to add the doom dice results to the damage. So mm-hmm. I'll get to add two. Um, so I have my Inquisitor's longsword. And so she is going to um, kind of take the Inquisitor's longsword and she's going to kind of do where she just kind of like has it at her hip and just kind of goes running to try to stab it. So you rolled your doom die and you got a two, right? Yes. Which means it degrades. Oh. And it's now depleted. Isn't that correct? Because it started a D6, degraded once last time. Now it just did it again. So that means you should be now doomed. You know what that means? No. All right. So when you are doomed, uh, all attribute tests and damage rolls are made with disadvantage until you're able to take a long rest, which you won't be doing in this adventure. Plus, you can't use actions or gifts that require the doom die to be rolled. So if you have anything that specifically requires you to use the doom die, you can't do it. And then after a long rest, it'll return to its maximum value. So you were doomed. Oh. Okay. That's oh, fine. no. Okay. So go ahead and roll out attack or whatever it is you're doing, but you're doing it at disadvantage because all of your tests now and your damage rolls are at disadvantage. Okay. Uh, so melee is strength. So let me roll my strength at disadvantage, which is a miss. So you... <laughs> you, you go up there, you're yelling at Nigel to do this, and you're still having, you actually already had a disadvantage anyway from the from the ringing in your ears, and you're you're telling Nigel to pay attention, he's like, I'm watching, and you completely like this, whiff. Right? Like this, like this. Okay, I can do that. And you see he just swoops over and whiffs just like you. See, I did it. <laughs> so, so I have a background legionnaire here. Okay. So I can actually three times a session, and nearby ally can reroll a failed attack. Okay, Lark, go oh. ahead and reroll a failed attack. Go for it. Just call Lark in line. I made an opening. Go for it. You really have actually. You know, you've been very effective. Stop. Uh, unfortunately, the disadvantage thing uh, makes me miss again. Yeah, it's <laughs> so pretty okay. Wait, but I also have Legionnaire, so try it one more time. <laughs> okay. Come on, Melissa. This is gonna happen. Nope. <laughs> Disadvantage. So Lark just, is just whiff, whiff, whiff. And each time I goes, and I was like, I can do it. Whiff, whiff, whiff. Every time whiffs along. Oh, did it exactly as you said. Let's move on. 
Scud, I think you're the next to go uh, from the last round. So Scud will come yeah. to you now. I'm right next to the creature still, right? So Absolutely. I don't need to move. That's good. I'm going to tempt fate uh, and take the same action twice. Uh, so okay. I'm going to attack it twice, and I'm going to have to roll doom for the second attack. Okay, fantastic. Uh, still at disadvantage, but I imagine that I've still got these two stones, one of which co- is still covered with the gross stuff from the cat, Absolutely. and then the other one. I doubt yeah. you cleaned it. So dual wielding these stones, trying to attack twice. Okay. Uh, oh, that that first one was close. Thirteen. My strength is thirteen, but it meets it fails. Um, they both fail. Oh no. All right. Uh, doom die. Uh, four on the doom die, so I should okay, be Okay, so it doesn't deplete, uh, or, de- or doesn't degrade. You swing these stones at it. Maybe one of them just barely clips it, but it, it, you know you manage to sort of tuck under. You catch it in the wing, but the wing seems more like a membrane. It's kind of kind of gives a bit as the stone comes in contact with it. You don't feel like you've made any permanent damage there. Uh, I think it was was Baldra next. Yeah, so Baldra, yes. you're up next. Um. Very little fanfare for Baldra at this point. She just kind of like throws her head back, laughs maniacally, and then she's going to try and just like stick her knife into its back and like rip off a wing. Okay, go for it. Roll normal this time. Yes. Yeah. I believe, I believe. Uh, uh, Add one to your roll. So So I got a seven. Still pass. Still going to pass. Roll your damage. You might kill it if you roll well. Let's try this dice. It's got to be the one that's associated with a weapon, though. You can't just yeah, D six. Pick the D one hundred or something. I just got to pick different colors. You know, okay. they could they could do better. Which green? Great. Six. Six. Describe your kill there, Baldra, as that is enough to kill it at five health left. Baldra does exactly as she was going for. She, but it's it's not a quick thing. She's laughing maniacally as she's sawing this wing off, and she's just <laughs> she's just staring Durgak down while she's doing so. <laughs> and then when she's done, she throws the wing at him, and she's like, "You can add that with your other collection." You like, you need like a family or something. I feel like you're really lonely. Oh my god. Scud so, would still be screaming and swinging these stones uh, even it. after the thing's dead. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I doubt I'd be hitting with uh, the disadvantage. I think after a while you would realize that Scud just has his eyes closed mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't actually know what's, <laughs> what Scud, he's swinging Scud, at. please open your eyes. Eventually, Scud the, can see. Eventually, you're here, the ringing in your ears for those who failed. Will, will dissipate and you're fine again. It takes a couple of minutes after the is over. The creature, again, large bat. Uh, you've ripped off one of its one of its wings. There's a second one. Uh, the creature that it was chewing on looks to have been some kind of chitinous lizard creature, decent size. Uh, and you can see that it has some scales on it. The bat-like creature is a little bit bigger than, than Scud, but not too much. Um, it was kind of coiled a bit as it was hunching over, but as it stands you draw it out. It's definitely a good seven feet-ish, maybe, in, in, in height, and the wingspan of its wings is almost twice that. Uh, but the creature that it was it was gnawing on seems like some kind of, like a molitor lizard type of deal. Uh, it's been ripped apart, and there's these hard chitinous scales that have been you know hacked up here and there uh, as the, the creature 
that was attacking this was managing to bypass and kind of get beneath the scales and rip some of the, the flesh free for, for eating. After a moment, you guys look around and you realize Captain Gross and his mercs are nowhere to be seen. They did not help you in the fight. You don't see them anywhere. You remember seeing them going through the thicket, but you don't see them now. I guess when they're like salary worker or something, you just don't have to do any work. Uh, Or they just thought we were going to die. I have good news, bad news. Good news, I don't think this is what bit the heads off of them. But also bad news, this is not what bit the heads off the bodies. I'm starting to wonder if it's you since you like to delimb things and laugh maniacally. Wouldn't you like to know Durgak Dimmeldink? <laughs> Did Scud kill Captain? Uh, no. Uh, should we look for them? Was that... Lark, was that in our contract that we had to make sure that they came back alive? I don't no. I don't think it was. No, no, it certainly was not. How likely do we think that they're going to try to kill us to make sure that they keep all the treasure for themselves and then not bring it back for the priest lady? Well, she did try to give us 8% of treasure, so if they kill us, then she keeps that 8%. I mean, I, I was assuming that they're getting the other 90%, so I don't Yeah, but 100 bigger than 90. Wait, uh, 90 plus 8 would only be 98%. They what got 10%. You got more? We did not get 10%. Yes. You made only a good point eight. that 5 does not go into 8, so she gave us 10. Oh. Let's take a glance back at the thicket to see if they were left behind or if they moved along. You look back at the thicket. No, you see a few monkeys eyeing you angrily, but other than that, you don't see them. Um, you do see that they uh, there are some tracks skirting around the edge of the clearing. Uh, and you can see, like, they're, it's not hard to find these tracks. It's very muddy. And you can see that they, they moved through here. They just chose not to join you into the fight, and they traveled a little bit further northeast and, like, left the clearing in that direction. They just bypassed you all entirely. What? They are worse than dirt beneath your toenails. Yeah, we have a word back where I'm from. They're assholes. Where are you from exactly... Pentecostala? I don't know. You probably never heard of it. I, I don't know where that is. Me neither. Uh, what would you guys like to do now? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I would like to keep heading to the place with the treasure where we should be getting before these bastards okay. try. Okay. She said San Dimas. I'm from San Dimas. <laughs> uh okay baldra if you start pushing off you kind of reach your way back to the inside of the river once more and it's not 15 minutes from from that clearing before you reach the site of the outpost except when you get there it doesn't so much look as though the outpost is in a particularly good shape as another mudslide has come through here. Not, not like immediately, but in the past, probably not too long ago and has effectively battered the outpost. 
deep into the earth. And now it's really from a distance, it just looks like this, this mound of mud. And you can see at the top of the mound here and there, there's some cracked wood. You can see that the wood itself, you would imagine is almost like, it almost looks like a rooftop of some of those buildings back in Tide's End. Almost looks like almost the entirety of the outpost has been swallowed by this mudslide. You can also notice that there are some tracks here recently uh, kind of moving about. Two different kinds, though. You can definitely, you know, as, as you picked up the tracks of, of Captain Gross and the others, you can see theirs again, and it seemed there. It looks like they kind of climbed up towards where that mound was. But you also notice something else, and there are several pale pairs of what you would probably describe as like fleshless feet. Like you don't see like toes and like the meaty parts of a foot, but rather like the bony parts of it. He's kind of weird, almost almost chicken-like in some ways, but with more uh, more than just a couple talents. And there's like a couple other mounds here and there as well, bunge, bulging up out of the ground. You guys want to do? Uh, can I see if I recognize these uh, imprints of the animal feet? When you look at it, they're definitely not animal feet. Uh, they they look more like they are humanoid feet just without the flesh skeletons okay okay weird you're weird so scud how much do you like mud scud likes mud uh scud dig scud can dig let's let scud come Top and Baldra will start leading him up towards the top, uh, to where like the rooftop-ish areas are. Yeah, and when you go up there, leading you realize... him up like he's a toddler and needs directions. Yeah. <laughs> Scud, <laughs> Scud and Baldra, you get up there and you realize like you don't need to dig. There is a gap in the in the the sort of the wooden rooftop here with this big old like a dark maw where you see some of the wood has been broken through and the shards are sticking out like. You know, like teeth of a shark or something like that. And you can see that there's a way inside that like you don't actually have to dig through it. There's other mounds here and there, but this one here very much goes into the outpost itself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we want... They're probably in there already. Scud pokes his head in the hole to see what's inside. Uh, it's extraordinarily dark, so it's very hard to see. Uh, do you have, I mean, if, assuming you get a lantern or a torch out or something like that, uh, what you can see is. Scud doesn't carry any torches, so it would depend on what Baldur has. Baldur does have lantern. She spent money for it. You see, as you look down, uh, what looks like it's, it's a, it's certainly a room that suffered some damage. Uh, but it, it, there appears to be almost like a, like an office venue. Um, you might not have been directly in any of the, uh, the South Traders Consortium's hall, but it has that kind of feel to it. It almost looks like an administrative office of some kind. Like you can see that there's sort of a broken desk in here. There's mounds of, you know, various parchments and things that are you know, thrown about, uh, chunks of mud that have dripped down from above. 
that kind of thing is probably what you see. While you're looking down, while you're hanging over, you can feel and hear the roof beams groaning uh, significantly. No one's in there. There's a lead anywhere. Scud doesn't know. Uh, Scud, if you're looking, you do notice that there appears to be some kind of, could be a hallway, it could be a a, a set of stairs. Uh, you, you can't really tell. But there does appear to be a way out of that room. It's hard to see with from staying up here on the top of the roof. Scud does know. Scud sees stairs. How far is the drop, Scud? Scud can drop, and I'll drop in. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you drop inside, higher lows. Too. How far is the drop? <laughs> I'll always go low. Uh, you're dropping essentially from the peak down to the floor. So I'm going to say it's going to be about a 15 foot drop as you're dropping from a full. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, would you say high or low? Low. Okay. As you drop, you hear the creak as you essentially smash partially into the floor and the shards rip up and scrape you for two points of damage as you are essentially stabbed by one of the floorboards that you land upon. Uh, but ultimately, I am Scud is down to one HP. You Here's the healing bomb I gave remember, you. Remember, Durgat gave you healing bomb. Scud needs to oil. <laughs> Start putting the healing bomb on. <laughs> start healing bomb. D6 plus, plus level. But as you drop and you, sure, take a little you bit of damage, roll Yeah. No, you, or you can. What are the rest of you doing as Scud drops? Let's see if there's a jungle vine I could find. Wait, you uh, rolled a one or you got a four and it made it a seven? I rolled a four, so uh, okay. get I get plus seven. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for uh, the raid, Lost Caravan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lost Caravan RPG for the raid. We are playing uh, Black Sword Hack tonight. So, what'd you guys play tonight? Quick shout out there. Um, so, you know, so yeah, yeah, you can find, there's enough debris, vines, things like that. You can find something to help you lower. Yeah, yeah, it's not a problem. Okay. Anybody? And I dig at one of these other mounds that may be like one of the rickshaws or something. Sure. Try to unearth it. Enos, you you head out, you find you're looking around for a vine. Uh, Scud, you're inside oiling yourself up with a bomb. Uh, Balger, you start digging at some of these other mounds. And uh, so you do actually find what looks to be like some kind of tunnel opening. Um, it is very warm. Like you can feel heat coming from it. Uh, it's, it's kind of wet, but at the same time, there's, there's a noticeable amount of heat. Now, everything's kind of warm and humid here, which, but I'm, but I'm stressing the fact that it's, it's more than just the, the normal heat that you felt in other places. Uh, so one of the mounds you found definitely looks like there's a tunnel. It doesn't look in the way that Scud, uh, like Scud f fell into a specific room. It just looks like a, like a. You're not, it doesn't look like it's reinforced by beams or anything like that. Uh, does this look like it was created by uh, people digging or more so like some sort of slithering creature? Make an in, in test for that. I, okay. 
Int is 11. I got to 2. Pass. Yeah, with a 2, you would you would guess it, you're, you're, it was some sort of burrowing creature. Yeah, for sure. Your instincts are, are on point with that. Uh, it is about 2 meters wide, so about like 5, 6 feet wide. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, uh, Lark. Hello. Do you want to send your mechanical bird friend down this wonderful hole? He has a name. And Valdra just stares at you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a conversation that Lark and Valdra have had like so many times. Yeah. And, and you can you can visibly see her, like the gears turning as she's she's trying. She's like handsome. Yes, Nigel was very handsome. Oh, Nigel, I knew it. I was just testing your memory, not mine. Crikey, I am handsome. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Dad. You want me to fly into the t I'm handsome, I'm not stupid. But no, no, not fly in the brave. tunnel. You're going to march. Okay. And he gets up to the edge and he just starts marching you, down. And can you scream if you run into anything living? Okay. Okay. And so he moves down a bit. Um Gone for about 20 seconds or so before you hear him be like, oh, yeah, it's really hot down here. It's uh, really hot, these walls. There's a bunch of scales all over the place. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. I can't really feel it that well, but, you know, my, my gears and such are, are, are starting to heat up more. No, no. Hey, hey, come back. Okay, come back. coming. Waddle, waddle, waddle comes up. Uh, is this like the gullet of something? All it right. could be. Scud is inside the household. He's inside what? You know, the hole in the roof. And <laughs> How? I thought you said he was inside the asshole. That's very confused. <laughs> it's the accent. I realized after I said <laughs> Oh, God. You said household, right? Yes. But it's time, you know, I'll say you got the vine and you're able to climb down and join Scud if you want. Help me. Catch me uh, if, I fall, if I fall, Scud. Scud can catch. Can he now? Okay, so no, yes, yeah, so you can climb down just fine. Durgak, what are you doing? I know Lark and Baldur are exploring this this tunnel here with, with Nigel. What is Durgak doing? Uh, he's going to climb down the vine with Enos after okay. watching Scud fall down and being like, put the greasy stuff on your body. <laughs> okay, so three Scud of you... Scud didn't fall, Scud dropped. The three of you are inside. Uh, well, again, looks like some sort of office. You can see that the floor slopes down in a way, kind of through. Um, it's, it looks like it's some of its damage from the slide, the mudslide. But you also notice that there's a handful, like like a, maybe two or three steps that go down a little bit further to like a sunken area. So there looks to be another room in there. Assuming Balter gave you the the, the lantern. Um, there's a lot of 
um, you can feel, I would say, some heat coming from one of the walls. It, it's very damp in here and very musky, but you can feel that there's some heat coming from one of the walls. And there's a bunch of paper uh, and parchment and stuff kind of tossed all over the place, soiled a bit as well. Make a way to the staircase we saw earlier. Okay. Yeah. No problem. It's just a couple steps if you want to go through that. Um, is that as all are, are both of you going with him, Durgan? Yeah, I'm happy done. to go. All right, Lark and Baldro. Before I talk about what they're doing, uh, what are you two going to do now that you've made some progress on this tunnel out here? Lark's going to go down in You're the tunnel, the tunnel or in the house. Into the tunnel. She's doomed. This seems okay. like him. Okay, maybe first, uh, maybe Baldra will get Vine and I will wrap it around your waist. Okay. And this stay works. outside of the tunnel specifically and then pull you if you scream. I will scream okay. loud. I'm going to start with Enos, Scud, and Durgak. You guys move a, a handful of steps down into what you imagine is some kind of storeroom. Enos, would you say you're moving quickly or you're moving brashly or are you moving, trying to move quietly, carefully? What, 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 what's, how would you codify this a little bit? I'd be moving carefully. Okay. If that's the case, you can see as you peek into the, into the storeroom, there's barrels that are bursting with items in here. Like some of them are standing up, some of them have been t- tipped over, some of them, you know, there's crates as well. And it looks to be some sort of depository, right, for for certain items. But what really draws your attention are that there is that there are you're not the only ones that are going into the storeroom. As there are six skeletal figures that are like dressed in kind of these you know ragged clothes that have been worn and ripped up here and there, and they appear to be going through the barrels. Like they kind of grab this. Like they're kind of grabbing and going through the various barrels and look like like they're like they're looking through them. I haven't noticed you yet since you said you were going carefully. But what would you like to do with that info? The skeletons ahead. I don't think she said their crew were skeletons. They could walking, kill walking skeletons. There's six of them. Well, there's only three of us. We'd have to kill two each. And Scud dropped. He did drop. Scud can kill. Let Scud Scud kill. (laughs) I guess we're doing this. Shouldn't we wait for the other two weirdos, like the the laughing maniac and the bird keeper? Were they behind you? Bird keeper. I, I, I didn't pay attention. I was watching Scud. This guy's a walking hazard. Scud shoves his hand into his jorts uh, and rummages around uh, and pulls out a massive uh, railroad spike. Scud can kill. I, have you heard of a bag, Scud? We're ha- this is the wrong time. Go stab a bone boy. Scud okay. goes to stab a bone boy. Okay. Um, why don't all of you, all of you roll a dex test for, for being stealthy. Um, we'll see how you do. Remember group tests. You don't necessarily need to have every single person pass. You just need to have like half 
So I rolled the success. Durgit with success. Fail. And Eno success. Okay. So you guys are all good. You're able to sneak up and you all can initiate this fight, having them know. And so advantage on your first attacks here. Scott, you sneak up to one of these. Uh, go ahead. Make your make your attack. You can roll it advantage. Uh, that is a pass. Okay. And uh, give me question. Uh, yes. For Berserker, it says you are still raging until you roll a one on the D6. It has been some time, though, so it feels like I wouldn't be raging that whole time. How does that work? Anywhere. Yeah, I don't okay. need to be raging anywhere. Uh, so I am just rolling the straight D10. If I can find it. You can roll a D4. Uh, seven. Seven points of damage. Okay. It does not take it out. Uh, however, it does do a significant amount of damage and you break through bits of its ribs. As you can see that the, the railway spike just goes right through the bone, snaps a few of the ribs in half, and you have done a not insignificant number of damage to this one. Okay, uh, Enos or Durgak, you can go. Same thing, advantage on your attacks. Um, Durgak will run up and swing his backpack at the skeleton that just got stabbed by Scud. Okay, go ahead, go right ahead as you the two of you try to finish one of these off really fast. Hey, I got it. All right, roll damage. <laughs> one whole point of damage done by the bag of dead rabbits. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then Enos, your turn. I'll target the same one they've been hitting. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since he's it. unaware. Yeah, he is. is. He unaware? Okay, it's an auto uh, hit. You don't want to go same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's an auto hit because I'm an assassin. Okay. And here's the 2d6 plus my level. 13. 13 points of damage. Describe your kill, Enos, as you take this thing out. My dagger, butt of it, hits straight sternum, and his arms just pop off. All right. I need you to roll a d6, please. Six. Let me this picture is like an action okay. figure. The arms are supposed to pop out. <laughs> yeah. It crumbles to the ground. Bones in a pile mixed with muddy rags. Nothing else happens. Okay. So we'll say that is your... Uh, something else could have happened? Something else could have happened, yes. Uh, so that will say one of these is now gone. Uh, there are five left. Uh, you just initiated combat. Uh, did just an ambush. At this point, enough sound, enough, enough sound has happened that they're all going to start attacking you as well. Uh, I'm going to say that Enos, uh, two are going to come for you. Um, they're just sort of moving over towards you. They, they, they each have like these rusty weapons... Uh, kind of coated in muck and grime, and they're swinging at you. You can parry with strength. You can dodge with dex. What's your preference here? Eddie. Okay, go ahead and roll it. Uh, 14 fail. Uh, okay. Well, so wait, there's more. I have Legionnaire. Try again. Okay. Two Legionnaires okay. together? Hello, a Legionnaire. whole party of Legionnaires. <laughs> it can be like a Legion. Oh, yeah, I got 17, even worse. Ooh. Okay. Uh, six points of damage as it slashes through you with this rusted, mud-covered scimitar that probably is going to give you tennis. Uh, another one, Enos, is going to come up to you as well. What do you do with the second one? As now, You're trying to parry. Now. Yeah. Okay, seventh time. Okay, and you are able to effectively parry uh, as you, the first one cuts through your side. You manage to get your your dagger up in just the right amount of time to, to go 
and a blade to blade with the second one. Two of them, uh, let's see, are going to go for, let's see, who do I want this to go for? Uh, it's going to be Durgak. So two of them are going to go for Durgak. Uh, same thing, Durgak. They're coming at you with these scimitars. You're just, are you going to try to parry? Powering. Uh, okay. Well, strength is the other one, right? It's strength to parry if you have something to parry with, or it's dex if you just want to dodge. I don't want them to cut my bag open because I don't want people to see what's inside of it. So I'll try to dex <laughs> out of the way. Okay, so you want to dodge? Okay, go ahead and roll your dex. These things are level three, so you don't have to modify anything. I didn't make it. It's okay, but leave your day here. Go again. Okay. All right. I didn't make it again. <laughs> you guys are the worst legionaries ever. You go to try to dodge out of the way, but you just bump into one of these big old barrels that gets in your way, and you're not able to dodge, and it slashes through you for six points of damage. And because you're kind of stumbling around, it catches you in the back, just misses your bag of rabbit corpses. The second one is now going to also swing at you. Uh, same question. You can do strength to parry or you can do dex to dodge. They're both 12, so we'll keep dexing. Okay. <laughs> hey, this Long time, and I are on the same page. This time you spin around, duck down, and get out of the way, just as the blade comes down and cuts into the, the barrel in front of you. Which leaves one then coming at Scud. Scud, same thing. They all have, again, these rusted weapons, slashing weapons of some kind. What do you want to do, Scud? Scud parries. Okay, so you've got your... Scud passes. Spike. Put the spike up, and you manage to just, just you know, push the, push the blade aside. Comes back to you guys. Now, one of them is dead, but you guys have also... I mean, technically, they're all dead. But one of them is, you know, in, in a pile of bones now. But if you've taken some damage, what do you guys want to do? Guys, that really hurt. Why do you do this for a living? Says the Legion. Scud kills. Okay. Swing away. I'm going to start attacking. Yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, That's a fail on the first one. Okay. Uh, Okay. I will be uh, tempting fate and rolling doom here to go again. It's a fail again. Roll your doom. All right. I'll give you my uh, last Legionnaire point so you can re-roll. All right. Uh, six on the Doom die, so that's fine. Wait, you're using there, Doom. Scud passes. What were you using Doom for? Were you using Doom to... To do the same action twice same action in twice. a turn, gotcha. you have to... Okay. That's, that's the uh, roll one, because yeah. the other one is like automatic. Uh, so I do get to hit on the third roll. Okay, go for it. Uh, eight damage. Ooh, a palpable strike. As you take the nice. Iron Spike... And you knock the jaw clean off, and it goes flying off and rattling in the corner. It's still up, however. Enos or Durgak? Who's next? I'm not very strong, so I'm going to hit the one that Scud hit. All right, go for it. Hurt one damage. Yeah, don't jinx me like that. <laughs> hey, you got four that time. All right, it is not yet dead, but you... Oh, these you things made- are tough. You swing this rabbit thing, this bag of rabbits around, smashes into the back of their head, and you can see it almost flies off, but not quite. Enos, what are you doing? Trying to focus this one down. Okay, go for it. Ooh, 14 is no good. That is no good. Any more Legionnaires left? I used all three. I'm out. Okay. Uh, so then... 
they all are still up then for this round, even though one of them is quite harmed. Uh, and they're going to do the same thing as they did before. Uh, let's see, which one of you is going to get the one on you? Uh, only one person's going to get one attack. Uh, okay, Durgak, you're only going to get one. Scud, two of them come charging after you, including the one whose jaw you took off. Uh, Perry and you're gonna, Yeah, okay, Perry both. Go for it. Uh, ooh, I got a two and a one. Uh, so That's one of them is a critical. Critical success on the parry. I'll tell you what. Critical success on the parry. Go ahead and uh, roll your damage die. Uh, and we'll yes. see if you can like parry repost type of thing here. Scud kills. Six. Six. And I'll say the one that you parry is the one with the jaw. And so you're the jaw flying off. And so as it swings at you with the scimitar, it misses. You take the, the spike. And now that the jaw is free, you just jam it up and through the skull shattering. Roll a d6. Oh, you you that's a one. Okay. The old dirt kid. Falls to the ground, a pile of mud and rust and bone. Uh, the second one. Wait, what happens if you don't roll a one? Don't worry about it. We'll find <laughs> out when that, that happens. Okay. Uh, and you paired the other one too, right? With a two, I think you said, correct? Uh, yes. So both okay. successes. So two. Okay, both successes. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, then two of them are going to come at Enos. Same thing for you, Enos. There's two more on you. Try to dodge both. All right. And I'll use, I call Doom for this to reduce the difficulty, right? Yeah. And don't forget, by the way, we had that one other little mini rule. Uh, the, our little, uh, we, well, first of all, we have audience dice, I think. And then secondly, um, remember that we were doing that thing where since we started at level three, if you can use like a little mini flashback and reference a previous uh, a previous part of your saga from level one or level two that somehow helps you with this, you can get free advantage on it. That was just our thing. That's not in the rules. That's, that's our little special rule. So, Can I cheese this then and just say my rabbit bag is always using my uh, level one story? Infinite yeah, I mean, you're advantage. only going to get the advantage one time. It's, it's like a one-time oh. deal per story. So like you're not going to get it every time you roll that specific skill. Uh, okay, so sorry, Enos, I interrupted you. Go for it. What do All you want to do? I'm just going to call on Doom to help my parries here. Okay. Got a three on my D4. Three is, three is good. You managed it with the dagger, cast one off to the side. I rolled a four, so a natural you one. Parry the two of them away. Did you get a natural one? No, unnatural because it's oh, reduced okay. by three. Unnatural. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, Durgak, one of them is going to come for you. Yeah, I'm going to try and dodge it. I, I failed. <laughs> As you try once more to dodge from behind one barrel to the next, it slashes down at you for six more points of damage. These just do six straight damage? Oh, Everything's God. flat damage. Everything's basically flat damage. Guys, fast. I'm pretty sure I'm bleeding out right now. Can we not die? God can not die. Damage is by default a level but there's variation here and there but these all do six points of damage okay their turn is done uh four of them are still up uh, what do the three of you want to do bleed shall we get out of here they're overwhelming us but scud is killing 
I have two yeah. hit points, and my healing bomb only does six. Well, um, isn't it a max of nine? Because if you roll a six on your d6 plus your level, yeah, you could potentially right. do nine or five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to pass one healing bomb to Enos and Scud each since these things hit pretty hard, and then I'm going to use one on myself. I'm assuming that would count for my action. We'll say you probably divvied them up beforehand. We don't need to really get okay. into the weeds too much with that. So, okay. but Would Scud, this be something I could apply in combat? Yeah, I don't see why not. Okay. Scud, what would you like to do? Scud kills. Um, oh, buddy. You guys are failing you. Scud oh, rolled a one, a one on his healing bot. So we'll say, it's, have... not Scud, Durgak. Durgak's rolling. Durgak's hiding behind a barrel, trying to sort of heal himself with his bomb, covering up some of these wounds, trying not to get tetanus. Rolls a one on his heal. And heals four points. I have six hit points, yeah. Yep. I have enough for you to kill me. I Indeed. Scud, you want to kill. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, I forgot about the sagas giving advantage, so that's very exciting. Um, yeah. Scud has eat the rich. Uh, so he has very fond memories of chewing on human bones. Uh, so I think he's going to start biting at one of these skeletons near him. <laughs> okay, just gnawing down on a bone. Great That's another nat one. Okay. I got a 12 uh, and a one. Nat one on, on attack rolls, uh, you get max damage. So what's your... Max damage? A D10. A D, a D10. Oh, I'm sorry, it's unarmed because I'm chewing, oh, so no. eight. Yeah, okay, so, so indeed, and an extra one that you get to roll. So you roll oh, another sweet. D8. Come on, big numbers. Ah, two. Okay, so you do 10 points of damage. 12? I will tell you. Uh, no, you said D8. Cause you're, D8 because it's unarmed. Yeah, yeah uh, fighting. That's right, that's right. All right. I mean, my teeth are deadly weapons, so. A lot of damage. Uh, not enough to kill it, but that's a lot of damage. As you just start biting through and snapping bone after bone, rib, 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 clavicle, you know, just kind of going straight up. And you're going to start gnawing on its face here in a sec. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to push fate one more time uh, for my second action to attack again. Okay. Uh, that's a fail, uh, 19, but I got a five on the doom die. Okay, so you missed, but you don't, you're not doomed. Okay. Correct. Enos, what would you like to do? As you see Scud gnawing and biting through the bones of this creature. Since I called him twice, I am exhausted, so everything will be... Disadvantage now, right? Yeah, disadvantage oh, did, now. Did you roll them? Is it when you call on? I thought it was when you roll like a one or a two so or something. When you call on Doom, it's automatically oh. yeah, yeah. When okay. you do what Steven's been doing, doing like, trying to take the same action twice, and, and then, then that's where you roll it, and it's a chance. All right, Enos. Um, it says attributes and damage rolls. Damage doesn't count as attacking, does it? Or is that an attribute roll? Is Still, just a uh, it's just a strength dex. It still counts. Like, okay. Yeah, it's still strength for melee, dex for uh, dex for range. Then I'll apply the bomb and try to attack anyways. Okay. So those are your two actions. Okay. So apply the bomb yeah. and then attack. Yeah. Four. I got seven health back. And then attack at disadvantage. That's a fail. Okay. So you're just trying to smother yourself with the bomb and your hands just get a little slippery. Your dagger doesn't quite sit in your hand. 
Durgak, you took one of your actions already, which was to try to heal yourself. What was your second action that you want to take? Um, I guess he's going to try and yell for help through the hole in the ceiling. Or that's in another room, isn't it? It is in another room. You could still try to yell for it. They are technically busy doing something else. So I will, I mean, like you could still do it. Balger could hear you, but they're at the same time, they're doing something else. But if you want yeah. to do that, that's totally fine. Uh, would I be able to attack the skeleton that Scud did 10 damage? Yeah, to? you guys are all really close to okay. one another. It's a very you know close melee. It's not a problem. All right. So then I will do that. Um, but I want to do it twice. So with the doom die. Because I'm not well, rolling. The one hops. of your actions was to smother yourself with with the bomb, oh, so okay. you won't be able to do right. it. That makes sense then. All right, one attack it is. I'm <laughs> with your rabbit warrior, you're just swinging this around. You're just smashing it with this dead bag of ra- or bag of dead rabbits, but you're unable to hit this thing. So for audience bits, is it advantage or what were we using it for? Uh, advantage. I'm fine with advantage. Um, I think isn't that we what do have. For? Five, if anyone I think wants that's to what we used it for last time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be helpful for dodging. If they're alive after this, uh, okay. So let's see who it's who's gonna get the the non. Why am I doing this private? Why didn't you guys tell me my rules were private? I didn't mean to make them private. So one, two. Enos is the one who only takes one attack. Three, four. It's Durgak. Five, six. And again, you want to be this number. Well, there's only, only four now, right? So two of us should only get one attack. What's that? There's four skeletons left. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. So yeah. Okay. So uh, the person. Okay. So you you don't want this then. So this is the person who gets attacked twice. Is that what we're gonna say? So I'll roll it again. I think so. I'm gonna roll it again. I'm gonna roll again. I didn't have that set up right. Okay. Enos is taking two. Durgak and Scud are taking one. Okay. So uh, Scud, we'll start with you. Two of them are coming at you. One of them is the one that you knock the jaw off of. Or she's, no, one of them is the one that you bit all of the rib cage and the, the the clavicle in half, and they're coming at you. Their arm is their one half of their body is kind of falling since it's no longer attached to the spine as uh, as securely. What do you want to do? Uh, I'm gonna continue chomping on the bones of their rib cage and parry with my railroad spike. Okay. Uh, that's a failure. Okay, six points of damage as they get past. They dodge out of the way of your teeth and they slash at your arm that's holding the spike. You're unable to get the spike up in time. Okay, we'll go over to Enos. Enos, first one's going to come at you. Uh, It's kind of slashing wildly with one of these swords, kind of trying to push some of the barrels on top of you as well as it's just coming fiercely. What would you like to do? Strength to parry or dex to dodge? Gonna dodge here. Okay. Disadvantage. Uh, you can take an advantage dice or an advantage. You can cancel that out. Yeah, you can cancel it out and just roll it straight. Yeah. I'll do that for the second one. But I failed this one. Okay. So you take six points from the first slash. Second one, as you kind of stumble back, having gotten pushed back from the barrel. Second one comes out of you at you from the darkness, slashing at you once more. I'll roll with an audience die to cancel out. Okay, sounds good. Three. And you do manage to dodge out of the way. So you're just like, you're just watching as Enos is like hopping from behind barrel to barrel, tumbling, dodging, and gets out of the way of one. And then finally, one will come at Durgak. Durgak, what would you like to do? This is thing. I have to roll it with an audience die because I'll get one shot, or like not one shot, but I'm just going to (laughs) die. 
First is a fail. Oh, come on. Oh, no. God. Okay. Oh, no. I have six. one Legionnaire left. One Legionnaire? You get another chance? Come on, hey. Durgak. Oh, please. Oh, thank God. <laughs> there we go. We'll ah. run. Dodging, stumbling, dodging, stumbling. And then Enos, maybe this is why you took the one shot, because you stopped momentarily like to call out and distract the one that's attacking Durgak, which made it so that Durgak didn't get hit, but maybe that extra pause caused you to get attacked. Can I okay. do anything cool with the one I rolled on the dex test? I know it's not parrying. Did you? Uh, I got yeah. a one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can, we'll have fun with that. Uh, let's see. Um, since you're dodging, we can say maybe you like dodge behind one of these. You can maybe knock one of these prone. Okay. Yeah, so maybe you knock you knock the barrel into one, like one of these barrels into it and it kind of stumbles down to the ground so they're prone. And we'll start the new new round. Scud, one, the one with all the... The broken bones is still on you. Definitely is the one that looks the most terrible. Uh, one of them is on the, another one is on the ground near Durgak. And then two more seem untouched nearby. What do you guys want to do? Uh, Scud kills. Okay. Scud, go ahead and try to kill. Uh, so the other saga Scud has is Raiders and Rebels. Uh, and in case uh, you didn't piece it together, uh, Scud was part of a coup uh, where he ate a king at some point. Um, <laughs> So he is very used to fighting outnumbered. Is it the same uh, which king I think... that stole Durgak's <laughs> land? Which is why Probably. the king can't give back his land? Because <laughs> Bro, this is not <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, so fighting outnumbered, that would give me advantage, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go for the one that's hurt. Uh, that's a success. Okay. A five and a seven. So uh, rolling my D10. Damage? Uh, two. <laughs> oh, man. It has three health left. Oh, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It had five health left. You're down to... Okay, it's down to three HP. Okay. So it is It is still up as you snap one one or two more more bones, but not enough. Enos or Durgak? Uh, could I push my luck and attack again? Of course. Push fate? Yeah. Uh, would I be able to switch to the one that's prone uh to get advantage or would i not get advantage for that so prone double checking what prone gives you because it's in the uh i finally see. got a one on my doom die can't remember so that's degraded so uh i don't think prone is actually in the rules we checked this last session oh, did so we? It's up oh to yeah the I'll call it advantage call it advantage for melee i think it's okay with that you, you, you can count it uh, you can count it as a vulnerability which would give advantage yeah, take take advantage. Okay. Uh, that's a thirteen and a one again. Uh, so that is a crit. Yeah, with it because of the advantage. This is the prone one, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just so I vulnerability hit one by with the, the railroad way, spike would also Sorry, give you. I was saying I was gonna say the vulnerability also gives you advantage in the damage roll. Oh. Yeah. So I would get the max 10 and then advantage on the next roll? Sure, why not? Go for it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to kill you guys here in a minute, if not here in the next encounter. Scud so. never dies. Uh, so Scud hits the one with the railroad spike and uses that same momentum to just launch himself at the one prone, just using both hands, dropping down. Uh, so that is 10 plus 10. Oof. 
20 points of damage. That will kill the prone one. Uh, go ahead and roll, These however. These foundry dice are coming in very well a tonight. A d6 for me there, Scud. Yeah. And uh, I did mention my doom got degraded. Uh, okay. That's a one on the d6. Okay, another one. Okay. Yeah, that's Scrap. the one I use for Forbidden Lands. You fly land, so that's at why. this thing, and you just, it just smashes to pieces on the ground. And by the time you're done with it, you're just on bone dust. As there's now only three left, including one that's very, very harmed. Enos or Durgak? Try and attack the one that's not been armed. Okay. And what's happened to my previous arcs? A sword without a sheath is where uh, all of a sudden, under my ragged cloth, cloth is a sword that hasn't been used. This is from my master passed down after he passed away. And that's what you're attacking with? Are you pulling yeah. him out to attack with it? Okay. Beautiful. I love uh, it. Normally, so it cancel out my disadvantage. Yeah, that's how we play it. So how, I'm sorry, how'd you do? Or pass with the six. Pass with the six. So yeah. Roll damage. Uh, roll your damage. You're trying to attack the because uh, the, there's only one left that hasn't been unharmed. The other two have been harmed. Uh, do you want to roll this one? You're attacking the one that hasn't been touched yet. Yeah, I rolled eight damage. Eight damage. Okay, very nice. You slash into this one. Like it's like the arm from the elbow down just goes flying off. You hack into its spine. You can see chips of bone come out from some of the vertebrae uh, as you are able to do eight points of damage. Fantastic. You have a second action. Anything else you wanted to do? You always get two actions on a turn. I can attack twice then. You can, but that's what Steven's been doing. If you, if you oh, take I the same action twice, you have to roll your doom die. I can't do that because I'm out of doom to you're depleted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But you can do other things. There's other actions that you could do. You can move. You could, you know, you can kind of move around a bit. You could um, you know, kind of come up with some other narrative thing that you want to you want to do. I mean, attack is like the most common, but let's see if there's a litter round that I can pick up as a shield. You know what? That sounds like a great idea. I mean, I did say there's barrels and there's crates and stuff, and we'll say, yeah, you can pick up a wooden crate. Like the, the lid of a crate, grab that in your hand, hold it up for parrying purposes. Okay. Durgak, we come to you. There are three damaged skeletons here. All have taken some damage. Uh, all are missing parts of their bones and things. Scud is laying on top of some some bone dust, making making bone dust angels for some reason. Uh, what would you like to do, Durgak? Uh, so the blood loss is kind of making Durgak desperate. And so he's going to try and look around the room as one action for like a holy symbol to see if like maybe that'll make the skeletons frightened of him. Uh, okay. Uh, high or low there, Durgak? Low for my odds of survival. Okay. <laughs> oh, six. God. You do not, <laughs> okay. unfortunately, see any holy symbols, any immediately recognizable holy symbols, which isn't to say that there isn't any. It's just you don't see any in the immediate vicinity. Okay. Uh, with the feeling of dread washing over him, uh, he'll, I'm going to attack the one that looks the weakest of the remaining skeletons, and I'm going to okay. tap into uh, a rabbitus exterminus, which is way back uh, when I killed over 100 rabbits that were eating my crops. And so I just 
look at my bag and just think about one last swing and I will attack the uh, the skeleton. Okay. Okay. Oh god. You swing down rolling it around in the air, you smack, but it manages to dodge much like a very nimble rabbit out of the way of your smash. The rabbit ghosts they're haunting me. <laughs> there are get. We are up to eight advantages if anyone wants to grab some. Well, it's not their turn, uh, but they will need to parry or, or dodge here in a second. One for each of you, as there's three left and there's three of you. One for each of you. We'll start the top row with Enos. Enos, one comes charging at you. You've got your, your master's sword in hand. you got a shield made of some, some swollen, soggy wood. Are you looking to parry? Or are you looking to dodge? Yeah, I'm looking to pair with the newly found shield to get an advantage to cancel out my disadvantage. Love it. I love it. Okay. Roll it. Roll your strength. Roll 10, which is enough. Okay. So you, at the last second, put the shield up. It smashes down and you hear this, this thud against it. And you do manage to survive that strike. Scud, we come to you. You're uh, swimming around in the dust, and one of them comes to swing at you. What do you do? Scud will also parry and take an audience advantage because he has two HP. Okay. Uh, that's a success. Okay. You do manage as you roll over at the last second and manage to get the the spike up in time to parry the swing from the scimitar and Durgak. One comes at you. What do you do? Yeah, I'll switch to parrying in case I roll a one and I'm going to use an audience die because I need to live. Go right ahead. Oh, dear. oh no. Not like this. Okay. Oh. You managed to, you managed to hold up hurts. your bag. <laughs> its scimitar pierces the bag and comes back out and little tufts of rabbit fur come out with it uh, as it manages to stab into your bag. But it doesn't I just give the side eye. Give the side eye to Scud and Ninos. Scud starts there's, sneezing. Scud's allergic to rabbits. <laughs> there's three of you. <laughs> there's three of these skeletons. What do you want to do? Scud kills. Okay, Scud. They all have all suffered damage. They are all one good hit away from dying. Each one of them. Scud can no longer push his luck. Because uh, his doom's down to D4 and he doesn't want disadvantage the rest of the session. Uh, so I'm going to, for my first action, just take that balm uh, and just slather it on where I got hit last time. Uh, which is D6 plus 3, right? Yes. yes. Right, that's 7 total. Okay. Um, And then Scud kills. Okay. Uh, Scud. How many audience dice do we have? We have 5 left. Five. That would still give us enough to parry with just in case. I'm going to use one. Uh, that's a success. So I'm okay. going to roll my damage here as I lunge at it with my railroad spike. Uh, that's a 10. 10 is enough. Scud is on fire. You manage to lunge through the chest, break the sternum in half. Your arm continues to travel through. Little bits start to scrape along your forearm. As you pull it to the side, the spine breaks in half, the torso falls to the ground, the head goes rolling. Enos, Durgak, two more left. I'll try to slice down the skeleton in front of me. Okay. 
disadvantage 11 and meets so it fails okay you miss as you slash out at this one it's my second action i'll protect durgak so in the case he gets hit i'll take the damage instead at half okay sounds great durgak what would you like to um do? Okay, so I've got two bombs left, so I'll use one for myself and do a quick heal. Oh boy. So much lathering going on in here. Another <laughs> Derek one. Derek rolled another one on the steel. No. Ed can lather. <laughs> Dirk <Durgak> um, <laughs> Yeah, on farms you just like, like you don't uh, you just plant props. I'm just gonna attack whichever skeleton is weaker. I don't know at this point. That's fine. I think they're roughly the same, so go for it. Okay. He, he misses. Oh, I rolled a 20. That's a crit fail. Oh, oh. No. no. You oiled your hands too much. <laughs> I just want to go out. home, guys. I don't like this. Okay, so as you swing out uh, with, with, your, with your bag, you have to roll your doom die immediately. So mechanically, it's the first thing you have to do. I got a two. I do failed. You should, do you have to degrade your doom die then by by one step? Yep. Okay, so you it goes from a D6 down to a D4, but you're not doomed yet. Still a D4. And then the second thing I'm going to say is that slight tear that was made by when it stabbed into your bag rips open, and some of the dead rabbits just go flying through the air, smacking Enos and Scud as they do, and they start flopping onto the ground here and there. Okay. There are two left. Uh, I'm going to see which of you doesn't attack. It doesn't get attacked. Uh, it will be Scud doesn't get attacked as Enos will take one and Durgak will take the other. So Enos will start with you. One of them comes at you directly. What do you want to do? With the shield, Perry. Okay. Throw the shield up. Try to block it once more. Pass with an eight. And you do as well, and you push it off to the side. It stumbles back, its jaw clattering. The second one goes after Durgak. Does he, so So you're trying to protect him, you said? Yeah, I have a bodyguard, so if he gets hit, I'll absorb damage. Okay, so he, he gets to, so first you can still try to dodge. So Durgak, if you want to dodge or parry, you can do that first. Please he, give me a success. It's, <laughs> God dang, Derek. It's like you're swimming in a hotel Advantage? room again. Dear God, that's a Delta green reference for anybody watching. Okay. Uh, Enos, you can take three points of damage though. As Enos intersperses himself and manages to take it. Scud, there are two left. Please, for the love of God, kill one. I did not mean for this encounter. This isn't even the final encounter. <laughs> we got a hard deadline in 15 minutes. Let's go, buddy. Kill these things. Sorry. Scud kills. Take it. Um, I'll take advantage. Uh, that's a four. That's a success. Damage is seven. Seven is enough. Describe your kill. Uh, Scud is a little worried about all these rabbits, uh, and he's sneezing like crazy. And as he's sneezing, he just involuntarily like raises his arm up uh, and stabs one of the skeletons next to him because uh, his muscles are so uh, violently strong. And then Phenomenal. for my second action... <laughs> Uh, could I go over to Durgak and show him how to rub balm on himself? <laughs> sure. 
Scud can oil. Scud starts oiling him. Are you showing him like on your own body how to properly, or are you oiling him? I'm doing it on him because he needs the HP. But uh, I am teaching him. I want, I want like fan art of this moment. (laughs) Dead skeletons all over the place. What are you doing? Get away! There's a skeleton over there. Don't hit me. Scud's a bodybuilder. You oil each other up all the time. Don't make it weird. Long dead carcasses. That was the most complete sentence I've ever heard from Scud. What's happening? Am I dead? (laughs) Enos, there's one more. Can you kill this last one? That's a disadvantage, but here we go. Would you like advantage? We just got extra from Griff, so we are plenty well flush with them. Griff. I already rolled. I missed. Okay. So roll again. Then. Just take advantage and roll it I'll take advantage and uh, I don't have... Well, you're not going to hit, Derek. Long might actually <laughs> hit. If you're you're <laughs> not to have been bad, Derek. <laughs> ahead, Derek. And I have a 12 in strength. It's decent. And you're rolling at advantage, too. You're not just rolling oh. normal when you take it because you're not doomed yet. I got a hit. Describe okay. your kill. This thing had 3 HP left. Describe your kill. With the last remaining strength of my uh, backpack, I swing it. I do like the I uh, spin on my heel in a circle and just catch it in the rib cage and just send the rib cage clattering around the room and my bag tears open and I'm like, oh, how 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 those get in there? <laughs> Let me see. We're gonna fade from that scene where Eno Scud and Durgak are bleeding. There's dead old rabbit carcasses on the ground, broken skeletons, and all manner of like barrels filled with some kind of treasure. And we're gonna cut over to Lark who is currently spelunking this tunnel with a vine wrapped around her waist, Baldra holding the other end of that while Lark goes down. Is that correct? Am I, am uh, I right in this? That is very correct. That is exactly what we are doing Crikey. at this moment. Okay. You crawl down this tunnel. and what you, is with me. What you see, uh, Lark, uh, is, and I'm assuming you have a, a light source of some kind? Uh, Nigel has a Nigel's little glowy you? thing in his chest. Okay, he's got a flashlight. That. He's like, but okay, so he's so so Nigel is with you. He's not with Bulger. Okay, you see that there is as you pass through this tunnel, it opens up into what might best be described as a nest, and you can see that in the middle of that nest there is a giant, and I do mean giant, red gold snake, and. You can feel as the closer you get to it, it is exuding a significant amount of heat. And you can see that there are also hundreds of tiny black eggs. And more than that, you can see that there is a a fairly large bulge right underneath the neck of where the snake's head now looks up at you. And you can see on the ground is a sword and this very flamboyant-looking hat that you recall seeing on the head of one of Captain Gross's men. Lark, what would you like to do? Lark, uh, sort of wordlessly, just sort of mouths like, hello, but <laughs> she doesn't like make sound. <laughs> She's just sort of like looking okay. at the snake, like. Roll a charisma test. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to take an audience uh, advantage because otherwise everything I do is going to be disadvantage because I'm doomed. 
Oh, that's a fail, but at least it wasn't a crit fail. Okay. You can see what it does is it, it kind of tilts its head. It's it's still trying to move the body of that person that it just swallowed. Like it's it's still in the process of digestion very early. And you can see it starts to uncoil a little uncomfortably, but as it does so, you watch as like its scales begin to kind of flex a bit. And you can see these tiny little expulsions of fire start firing out into the room. And it does so in such a such a an area of effect that you feel yourself not just feel the heat anymore, but now it's like it's like you're you're sticking your hand into a barbecue. Uh, as you will take, uh, you can actually roll con or dex first. I'm sorry, con or dex. Con to just sort of endure it. Dex to try to like scramble away and out of the uh, the area of effect. Uh, I rolled con and I rolled at a disadvantage and I succeeded. And you succeeded. Very nice. Uh, it is burning and scorching away some of your clothes, uh, clothes, but you do manage to keep yourself together. You have an action. Well, two actions, I should say. What would you like to do is this thing very slowly works towards you, but it's very large and there are behind it a whole manage of... Okay, you're just running? I'm coming back up the rope. Yeah. If you're coming back up, because you have the vine, because Balger's on the other end, and because you have Nigel with you with light, no roll necessary. You just start using that as the guiding rope, climbing, scrambling up until you are out again. You feel the heat for a little while, but eventually it just becomes warmth. You get the sense that it hasn't fully followed you out. Like maybe it's just sort of satisfied with its meal and it's satisfied just protecting its eggs and you know dealing with the meal it's already had. But it doesn't seem to be following you out. Oh, Baldra, Baldra. So was it a creepy monster? Were you in a butthole? What what was it? It's a fire snake. It is a fire snake and it ate... Is it coming? No, it just ate... Uh, it uh, The fancy hat guy that came with us, uh, it ate him. It's eating him. <laughs> it's in his throat. He's you, trash, man. Uh, you do not okay. like fancy hat guy. We need to go find the boys. Uh, do you want a little man? He keep a watch, see if it comes out, or what? Should you want to keep watch with him? Uh, I, I go. I think we can just go together. It seems it's busy. It's eating. It's full for now. Are we hundred percent positive that it will not come and also swallow us? We won't be able to miss it. It's huge. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, 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 okay. To the household? Uh, we better do this fast. I am going to cast a spell kind of at the entrance to make sure that, um, this doesn't follow us. Uh, I am going to cast... I have this spell. It's called Red Trap. So I make a small pool of my own blood... I lose two HP until the spell is canceled. Anyone stepping into the pool cannot move further. So uh, she's going to kind of, I'm just planning, I'm going to hang out and kind of like prep that spell for when it's closer from when we leave so that if it starts coming, I'll cast it. Okay. And do you then climb down and try to, to catch up with the guys? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, all right. Baldur, did you roll your test? 
your, uh, I think it's an int test for you, right? To cast your spells? Yeah, let me do that Go right ahead, now. Oh no. Oh, uh, spell no. fizzles and fails. Uh, I think you also, no, you don't have to roll a doom die until you try to roll a spell that you failed on before, I think. You can double check me on that. I think that's right. But okay. Yeah, I can pull it up while you guys. The two of you catch up and you find Enos, Durgak, and Scud rubbing oil on each other in the dark uh, while there are <laughs> corpses, corpses of rabbits and broken skeletons uh, all around. And you're all together. Scud oils men all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What would you guys like to do? Please say it's progressed further into the outpost because Derek's got to yes. go soon. <laughs> uh, so since my further into the outpost. Thank you, Steve. Since my bag tour, I'm going to see if I can find like a Warhammer-like weapon in the room. There are plenty of scimitars you could grab uh, from these things. If you're looking specifically for a Warhammer, uh, yeah, we'll say it's some, it looks more um, kind of ornate, like it might be more ceremonial that's buried in one of these, uh, one of these barrels. Uh, but sure, you can grab it. Scud can like give that. you a spear. He never uses it. Oh, it's good. I like hammers. Is there any type of explosive devices in any of the barrels? Does I'm gonna dynamite say no exist in this that. world? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say explosive devices probably do exist because they definitely are twisted science, in, or, which we do have. But uh, I think I think even Cassie's might even have some grenades last time. Okay. You guys push further in. And uh, in an effort to, to advance this, you push through a few different rooms along the way, storerooms, what looks to be like the remains of a kitchen. You can see that there are more of those blood moats that you guys encountered when you were in the jungle. You go through a room that was that had all these different statues uh, that uh, that seemed to have been collected. These these heavy statues, some of them looking quite quite strange, uh, like this menagerie of shapes, uh, not just of, of of human beings, but of things adjacent and also beasts and things like that. Rolls of jewels sometimes hanging from them here and there. But what catches your attention uh, is a pile of corpses that you discover uh, at a tunnel, uh, at the end of a tunnel where uh, an iron door has been pushed open behind it. And the pile of corpses was stacked right in front of it. And they all, uh, excuse me, not just corpses, I don't mean just corpses, a pile of heads. Uh, so it's not corpses, it's just heads that have been stacked up there. Uh, bodies missing. All of them, this terrifying look of fright on their faces. You can see that the door has been kind of pushed open and you hear the sounds of fighting going on inside. And you can even see period, like these shimmering bits of gold uh, as light gets kind of cast around inside. What would you guys like to do? Scud didn't do it. So we hear that there's fighting on the other side. There's fighting through the door. You can see a small, like the, the giant iron door has been pushed slightly open. You can see little flecks of gold, like, like there's big chunks of treasure and such in there. You can hear the sounds of fighting, and you can see like someone's got torchlight that's kind of flickering and cascading around in that room. Uh, Scud likes quick. to fight. He'll look in. I'm going to hand my last healing bomb to Enos because I know you took some hits, right, Long? Yeah. Okay. All right. Lark will send Nigel in to see what Nigel can see. 
Okay. Nigel goes in and comes back. And like, crikey! That grouse fella and the lady with the daggers, they're fighting a giant crab with a big giant head on top of it. But there's treasure everywhere so much. Oh, my God. But it's a giant crab and it's got a head on top of it, you know? Like the way, like, certain crabs got shells. It doesn't have a shell. It's got a giant head. Are you speechless? What are we, I can't hear you. What? What are we waiting for? I'll all rush ahead. Scud likes treasure. <laughs> you rush inside. You know, Scud, I assume, following. Uh, and you see exactly what Nigel described. A massive crab. Enormous crab. This thing is bigger than any bear, like giant bear you've seen. It's like the size almost of a dragon. You can see that it has all these different pincers and claws and it's snapping away. It has the woman with a thousand daggers like in one of the pincers, just pushing, pushing. And she's screaming in other pain. Meanwhile, Captain Gross has one of his, his big old sword out and is trying to hack away ineffectually at the shell of that, of that claw. And you can see that Nigel is not wrong. There is no shell over top of the, the body of this, of this skull crab. There is, in fact, a partially rotted giant's head that this crab has made a nest in. And as you come in, all of you, you can see the eyes in the giant's head start to move and dart around, like, as if it's scared. like, ah, ah, And then suddenly it just screams. Ah! I need everyone to go ahead. If you have your doom die, go ahead and roll doom. What if we don't have our doom die? Then we're going to call it an automatic fate. Oh, no. That's for me. I we also passed. Advantage if anybody wants it. Uh, actually, roll wisdom test. And then if you fail the wisdom test, you roll doom. Sorry, I did that wrong. Scud is surprisingly wise. I'm not surprised by that. Oh, sure. I make the wisdom check. Double four. Yes, you, you want to make Success. the wisdom test. That's good. Yeah. I made the doom de- test anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyone fail your wisdom test? No. Okay. If that's Baldur's the case, there, by the way. Because you're all my good. Thing failed. You're all good. No one had to, had to roll doom. And you see that you've got the Captain Gross, one of his mercenaries, fighting this giant crab. There's treasure everywhere. What do you guys want to do? We don't have to play it out round by round. I'd rather play this out more as everyone sort of described dramatically what you do. And you tell me. You know, they, the lady said we just had to get the treasure back. We could just let the crab do its thing and just take what we can carry. And like, that's that. We, we, already, we already have a destruction. Yeah. I want to go home. I don't like being stabbed by skeletons. So I don't want to fight a giant crab because that lady in his claw... I'm pretty sure she's stronger than me. When were you stabbed by a... Oh, never mind. Let's just get some gold and go. Scud is yelling his own name and rushing at the crab with the railroad spike. Okay. Scud! <laughs> and the, the giant's looking at you directly in the eyes with his big rotted eyes. Ah! As you charge in with his yelling Scud. 
Enos, what are you doing? I will assist the growth crew. Okay, so you're also going to fight? Okay. Yeah. So Scud and Enos are fighting. Durgak and Lark are just grabbing treasure. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And then what is Baldra doing? Uh, so Baldra's first adventure, as she likes to call it, Aaron for the Beast Queen, more guts. So she really, she hasn't gotten to fight as much as she would like. She's also going in there. And she's doing what she did before, where she's on Scud's back like a little backpack. And then she's going to leap onto and go after that troll head. Okay. So the three of so we've got three people charging in. We've got two people that are just gathering as much treasure as possible. The two of you that are gathering treasure, no problem. Uh I'll say roll a quick int test just to see if you can grab the most valuable thing. You, you get successes, you get the most valuable. So you're still gonna grab stuff. It's just a question of how valuable it is. Those of you that are charging in, go ahead and roll an attack. Okay. And uh, yeah, go ahead and roll attack. Again, we're just going to narrate this. This isn't going to do a round by round hit. Obviously use, taking advantage. Use whatever you can here. Don't, <laughs> sure. don't skimp on this. We have some audience die left. Definitely use whatever you can. Five Would left you after say, Stevens. Uh, use one as well. Because Baldra has uh, the assassin unique. So my first attack against unaware... It's not unaware. It's it's very Damn aware. It. Yeah, okay, sorry. Fair. I I will take it. Uh, I still got crit success. Okay. Very nice. A hit uh, for me. Enos, Enos got a hit. Scud, you, did you get a hit? I got a hit. Okay. Uh, can we also take advantage on damage? I think yes, that was something we could do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Go ahead. Right. There's still three left. The three of you roll your damage. Baldur, you got a crit success. Remember, you get your full damage die. And then another damage die on top of it. Okay. I also want to do the thing where I get uh, brutal or add my dooms die to it. I think you got to declare that before you roll your attack, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then yeah. I will do that later. Okay. Well, no, this is the only time we're going to do it. So we're just going to do one round. Depending on how well you guys do, it could determine whether you wipe here or whether you kill this thing or whether you get, or there it, it like breaks off the attack. So give me the total damage. That everyone did. Five. Five? Okay. With Scud. advantage four. How did oh, you no. only do four damage? Oh, no. I rolled a four on the D10, and then I took advantage and rolled a four on the D10. Okay. Baldra, how much did you do? Ten. Ten points of damage. Okay. This is what happens. Lark, Durgak, the two of you rush in. And you just start picking up what looks like these amazing ivory gold, these beautiful, beautiful pieces, better than anything you've come across so far. And you start scooping them up, scooping them up, throwing them in whatever packs you have. If, if they have their R crates, you're picking them up and the two of you are running out, leaving everyone behind. Enos, Scud, Baldra, you all charge and you start hacking away and hacking away. And you do, you manage to bypass some of the shell those of you that are trying to hit it like a little bit higher up, you're stabbing into the cheeks of this giant's head that it's using as its home. You're getting your damage through. It doesn't seem like that it's harming it as, as quickly as you would like. At a certain point, you hear crunch, and you see the torso and the legs 
of the poor thousand daggered woman that you've been working with just flop down in two sides below you and you see the claw come sweeping down at you all uh, and tries to grab into Captain Gross. Um, the three of you, I'm going to say roll a dex test here to dodge and this is going to determine, I'm let, before you roll, I want you to listen to what's going to happen here. This is going to determine whether you make it out of here alive. So use whatever you got to use. Advantage, please. There's three left. I'll take one. I have dex nine, so I'll take one. Okay, that's the last. Dirk, you need if one. You, you can, can have roll it if you a want. strength test, but this is more of an AOE. It's, so it's like you're dodging out of the way of it, just sort of stomping down on top of you. Thank you, Kat. If I can't roll a strength sure. test, I'll do that. I'll let you roll a strength test. That's fine. I would do that. It's no big deal. I can roll dex. It's fine. Okay. Enos, uh, Enos failed. Baldra. Uh, Durgak and Blark, you ran. You, you two are fine. Scott, uh, how'd you do? Did you say it was strength or dex? You can, you can choose. If you want to roll strength, it's fine. Okay. It's a fail either way. <laughs> you're such a... You're such a guy. <laughs> so, Baldra, this is what's going to happen. This huge claw comes sweeping down, and it catches you, and you get hurled all the way across the room, but through some sheer bit of luck, you manage to fly through the door opening and nearly smash into Lark and Durgak as they go tumbling. Scud and Enos... And poor Captain Gross, on the other hand, uh, uh, on the other hand, are not as lucky, as that they also go hurling. But one of them, we'll say Captain Gross, manages to slam right into that iron door, and that iron door slams shut completely. On the outside, Lark, Durgak, Baldra, you can still mutely hear fighting and screaming, and especially the giant's head screaming. But you can't get the door open and op- any 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 further. After a little while. Lark, Durgak, Baldra, like you're trying to get it open, you're trying to get it open, you hear the sounds of skeletons approaching, and not only that, you feel the room you're in getting incredibly, incredibly warm. So the three of you will say you bolt, you, you escape, you run. A couple, It will say about a day or two passes, and we see the three of you limping with cuts and bruises, bleeding back into Tide's End with all sorts of treasure that's on your person, in your arms, in your packs. Enos, Scud, the last you saw of them were fighting with that giant crab when they were trapped inside. And that is where we will end this adventure. Hey. Okay. Even oh, if man. I die, though, I'll wake up in that other world. I didn't say you uh. died. I just said you guys get <laughs> trapped. So if we play this again, who knows? We'll roll some dice. We'll see if you guys actually made it out alive for real. Uh, but, uh, but it is canon that Scud dies in his sleep. That is true. (laughs) Only in that place though. Only in that place though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we had to cut that short. We ran 10 minutes over. I apologize, Derek. Let's do some quick shout outs and such. First of all, Lost Caravan RPG. Thank you so much for the raid. We really, really do appreciate it. If you haven't followed them already, please go do so. Uh, thank you to everybody who threw out some bits tonight. We got a bunch of bits and we got some subs in the very beginning. We really, really do appreciate it. 
started to play around with these Twitch goals. Uh, and so I set up a couple of Twitch goals for us, one of which is a follower goal. Uh, we're, we're in the 900s when it comes to followers. And so we're trying to get to 1,000 at some point because uh, I have uh, very, uh, very little in life. And this is pretty much the only thing that uh, I ascribe value to. So <laughs> if you can just get us to 1,000, that'll make me feel better about myself. Uh, and also we do some sub goals. If you, if you are financially capable and willing to support us, please do so, but don't do so unless, unless you are. Uh, and then, uh, let's do some, some previews of what's coming up tomorrow. You can catch Melissa and I in the morning and Steven over on uh, grim and perilous YouTube channel as we're playing through some tales from the loop in the afternoon. We're going to be back on this channel. Uh, I think Derek's going to be dropping out. Evan's going to be hopping in and then we're going to be playing some Twilight Imperium, finishing up that little arc. Monday, we're going to be doing some Horror on the Orient Express. So Melissa, myself, Chuck, Adam, Jeremy, and a new person perhaps uh, are going to be playing some Call of Cthulhu. What do we have on Tuesday, Stephen? Tuesday, we're playing Forbidden Lands. Uh, the last session was pretty brutal. They almost yeah. all died a couple times. Uh, so we'll see if they can actually uh, survive uh, and get out of this horrible situation they're in. Yeah, it was definitely brutal, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually really enjoyed uh, how that went down. And uh, Jeff, real quick, there was yep. a question in chat. You mentioned at the beginning that this was loosely based on an adventure from Dissonant Whispers. Now that we're at the end of it, can you say what it is? Yes, it's called, uh, oh God, where is it? Uh, so the name of the adventure is again, it's from Dissident Whispers, which is an anthology put out uh, a couple years ago uh, by uh, Tuesday Night Games. Uh, it was in support of Black Lives Matter, and a kind of bunch of people came together and wrote little, you know, one shots for a bunch of different games. Some of them were system agnostic. Mothership was in there. I think there's a couple Electric Bastion lands and things. This one was system agnostic. Uh, this one was written by Benjamin Foster uh, at Black Powder Chef on Twitter, and it's called uh, Mother Skull Crab's Vault. And so I didn't want to put that in the title <laughs> oh, and just sure, spoil sure. the Mother Skull Crab for you Got guys. It. I wanted that to be a thing. Uh, and so that's why I, I, I tweaked the title a little bit just for our run. Uh, but it's, it's pretty fun. There's a couple of bits we didn't get to, but uh, really good stuff. Uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and raid somebody. Let's see. Let's do some distals place. So go ahead, follow the raid. Thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you to those of you who are watching this later on YouTube. Uh, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.